You know, and if you hadn't called me out on that, people would think that this is part of the show. Music's still playing. No, but you know, it's not playing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to McGavin Fries. Hello, welcome. This is the McGavin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Mac. And uh, as per usual, we're going to be talking about the latest movie news, and then we're going to move on to some movie reviews. I'm going to be reviewing Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Longest movie title ever. The most clunky movie title ever. It's, I'm, it's right up there with uh, the Englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain. Yeah, whereas the movie I'm reviewing rolls off the tongue. It's Sukiyaki Western Django. So yeah, quite a show today. Yeah, now, quite, <laughs> quite a show. Really big show. It's, some, it's a show of oddities. Yes. It's, or an anomaly in Matrix country. Or as we like to call it, it's the show that we couldn't get time to go see Legion. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> well, I suppose we could have we made the time. Uh, from what I've heard, I don't want to make the time. Yeah, well... It's one of those movies that everything I've heard about is shit, but for some strange reason, I really want to see it. I know, we haven't managed to. That's what annoys me. I thought I could get squeezed in. No, I know. But anyway. And then after that, as per usual, we shall wrap it up with the uh, box office results for Malaysia and the US. So if you like our lackadaisical style, or you don't, you can email us in as well. Any comments, always welcome. The email address is podcast at mcappenfries.com. That's podcast at mcappenfries.com. Podcast at thegapandfries.com. You always have to hold the last one. Did you get it? Did you get it done? Get a pen. Get a pen. I'll say it again. Podcast at thegapandfries.com. We'll wait. Hang on. Let me get a pen. Yeah, go get a pen. We'll yeah. wait. We'll wait. Jesus, these people take a long time to get a pen, don't they? You think they would have got a pen by now. Yeah, I would hope so. Anyway, moving on to news. <laughs> Before they, like, stab themselves with a pen. Um, there's some, been some casting news about Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington, now that he's played a blue alien and, and a robot... Yeah. And, a, and a Greek son and, of a god. Yes, uh, he is now. The son of a god! <laughs> he is now possibly going to be playing Dracula. <laughs> Mate? Uh, he's, I don't know why this just feels like such a terrible idea. I mean, no knock on Sam Worthington. I know I've said some shit about him in the past, but, you know, I mean, I think. I don't know. I just like. Just trying to picture it, and I can't. No. It's just one of those weird things. I mean, is he going to have the same haircut? Like. Dracula can't have a shaved head. No, no, no. I draw the line. <laughs> he can't be a soccer hooligan. You know, it's like, I, I did, I'm not bothered by him having the buzz cut for Clash of the Titans. Yeah. I know some people are, but personally I'm not. I'm He's like, a warrior. I'm like, you don't want blood in your hair. I mean, what's the fastest way to translate badass? Buzz cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Australian with a buzz cut? Even more badass. Exactly. <laughs> Just show lots of teeth and jump and stuntman act. Um, but Sam Worthington as Dracula this, this feels weird this movie's been in development for a while it's going to be directed by Alex Proyas the director uh, of The Crow and Dark City yeah as we mentioned before it's uh, Dracula Year Zero um, not with Fox yeah not with Fox <laughs> no. Proyas you don't like the Fox <laughs> no it's not going to happen with, uh, with the Fox but apparently Dracula Year Zero it's not so much um the, the traditional tale they, they are sort of no shit <laughs> which is probably suck your blood, mate. which is probably how you can kind of maybe justify Sam Worthington I mean yeah. maybe it does fit that particular vision it's like for me I'm still kind of old fashioned I imagine when I think of Dracula I just immediately think classy classic <laughs> no just classy you know yeah, classic can you imagine Sam Worthington in a tux I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'm not I can't go on that journey with him I can't like even the photo you have there he's like wearing a fucking hoodie <laughs> he's like, 
I just can't get. I just can't like every time I picture it. In some way, it feels like I'm going to be watching some version of him doing an impersonation of George Hamilton in From Love at First Bite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's going to turn up to the Oscars in a pair of cutoffs and some thongs, night. <laughs> he's going to walk in there with Crocs. <laughs> he's probably still going to be holding his surfboard. Catches him whipping rain. Wicked rain as well. He's still he's still holding his crowny. <laughs> crowny. Crown line. I'm sorry, mate. We've, we've, I nearly forgot my crowny. Yeah. I don't have stubbies at the Oscars. Uh, no VB. No. <laughs> that's how we know. That, that's how you know that we know Australians. We haven't mentioned Castlemaine Forex because <laughs> they don't drink that shit. <laughs> And they don't drink Fosters either. But the the spin on this is that, like, he's trying to fend off the Ottoman Empire and he's going to. They're trying to use Romania as a foothold. And it's based upon Prince Vlad, also known as Vlad Vlad the Impaler. He wasn't really a vampire, he was just a massive douchebag. Not to be confused with the uh, uh, Vlad the Impaler movie that Brad Pitt is apparently producing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I remember that one. I don't know much about it. I mean, like, uh, there was some some details released about it not too long ago, but since then I haven't heard anything. But I thought that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, any movie about Vlad the Impaler, I will go see. I have a Vlad the Impaler action figure. <laughs> oh, really? I have a. Vlad- does he come with a massive steak? <laughs> yeah, he does. It's like it's a uh, McFarland um, uh, Toys. They did this um, run of um, uh, like a fucked up history. Uh, yeah, um, Maniacs through history. Yeah, yeah. And there was Elizabeth Bathory, Billy the Kid, uh, Vlad the Impaler, Rasputin, and I have all of these. So it's like I got this figure of uh, Vlad the Impaler, like in mid fucking thing with it with this huge. Uh, well, I always remember as a kid reading a book about like just one of those fact books and it had like pictures of you know he, he didn't impale them on actual pikes he, or he didn't like impale them it didn't like he took the standing of no, like, no. a stable person and impaled them no, no, no. he threw them onto yeah. his, a pit of spikes yeah, yeah. and left them out for people to see I know I know it was, don't awesome. fuck with me it's beware awesome. of the dog I know it's awesome <laughs> but uh, in a moment they're saying that he's going up to a mountain to uh, where there's some dark mystical power and uh, he wants to try and defeat the Turks but it comes at the cost of turning him into a creature of the night yeah I mean Alex Perez himself has spoken out very little about it the, the most that he said the most that he promises is that there will be stakes teeth and lots of blood that's the most he can promise but I don't know it's like it, also with the roles that Sam Worthington has uh, also been doing and you know if this also eventually gets fucking done in 3D yeah. it's just gonna be a joke every time I see Sam Worthington I'm just gonna laugh it's like oh oh another 3D movie with Sam Worthington it's like Christ Clash of the Titans is already confirmed yeah you know that's been delayed a week I believe isn't it <laughs> so, yeah but it's just like uh, I mean and also like uh, and some, some news came out recently about the, the first 3D pornographic movie is gonna be made yeah yeah you're, <laughs> and missing, I predict- you're missing up my show notes damn it yeah <laughs> predicted it last week Tinto <laughs> Brass yeah. I predicted the shit out of this motherfucker did you hear about what he said though because uh, the, the story with he directed Caligula starring Malcolm McDowell back when he was a youngster yep, yep. and um, I didn't know this but not apparently not just Malcolm McDowell but also some top brass fucking British talent yeah. fucking Helen Mirren John Gilgood but apparently uh I didn't know this. I, I just thought it was they were always intended to be that filthy, but apparently no. Uh, the, the, the producer and magazine publisher Bob Guccione took the pro- project out of Tinto Brass's hands and he put in scenes of hardcore pornography <laughs> without the director's consent. That's awesome. Imagine just like one of these days, Joel Silver's going to lose it and he'll just fucking do that to like you know the next movie he's doing. Take your movie away like a boss, like a boss. <laughs> Haven't seen it. But when he said, "What's this, what's going to be the um, this is Tinto Brass again?" Not Sam Worthington. When he said, "What movie is he going to? What what kind of story is he looking for for um, his 3D porn movie?" And he said he plans to revisit an abandoned project about a Roman emperor that was ruined by Americans and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that could be. <laughs> Jesus. 
Oh god, but I mean, like, I am scared of 3D porn. It's it's the 3D cum shots that just no. It's like no, 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 no don't want to go. Don't, 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 don't. As, as I said to you, I don't want they bring that in and then bring in smell vision. I don't want to smell somebody fucking crack. It's like you know, it's, you know, no, I mean, shit, man. These porn stars make more money than a lot of people. It's like they're probably all clean. You can't. Be yeah, right they to... clean themselves. <laughs> I would imagine. Actually, I, I, it's fantasy, dude. I don't want to <laughs> fantasize about a fucking smelly whore. <laughs> I want to fantasize about a nice clean girl. <laughs> it's the it's the it's my Chinese side. No, 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 no. must have good clean girl. Must be clean. But Warner Brothers also confirmed the next two Harry Potter movies will also be converted to 3D. So Clash of the Titans is going to be that they've tested the footage and it's gone well enough. So Titans is getting the treatment. So is Potter. Yep. Um. So it's final announcement on Titans expected by the end of the week. But they're saying that it'll it's underway, but it'll be pushed back a week to April the second to make do with the third. I don't mind waiting. I mean, if, if it's if it's gonna, the only fear I have of 3D is that everyone like is gonna jump on the jump on the bandwagon because of Avatar. <laughs> but it's just Avatar was immersive, yeah. You know, and I just uh, my my whole worry is that these movies are not gonna use 3D to be immersive. Yeah, they're just way. gonna it's throw just some gonna shit be like to throw shit at you. I mean, Potter will be tracing after the gold and say, "Chango, am I talking about the Potter par- par- movie? Or am I talking about the porn movie now?" Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> it all blurs into one. <laughs> but anyway, back to uh, you know, like Dracula. It does very little in regards to the. The actual tone of it, you don't yeah. know. And personally, like just gut feeling, it just feels like such a terrible idea. <laughs> We're gonna put him in Keanu Reeves' wig from um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. If I might inquire, <laughs> Carfax Abbey. Tom Waits is genius in that fucking movie. <laughs> Master. What about a cat? Oh, a cat. Oh, yes, please. I still can't believe it. I was like. Richard Grant's in this. It's like, just, you watch that movie, it's like, I know some, a lot of people love this movie, and I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not a fan of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I mean, I like certain aspects of it, but as a movie as a whole, it just felt like, I don't know, like, hokey. It just didn't fit together for me. No. Uh, speaking of uh, terrible ideas, uh, George Lucas. Uh, is apparently working on a sequel uh, on a not a sequel sorry <laughs> that's another how, one that's how many sequels get made these days they just naturally oh they're working on a sequel making on a remake yeah. uh, now he's um, going to be doing a musical yeah it's, uh, it's untitled CGI animation film uh, that's currently in pre-production at his uh, Skywalker ranch um, the only details is that the musical involves fairies <laughs> it's directed by it's, it's written by David Berenbaum who uh, wrote Elf and the Spiderwick Chronicles which is kind of cool it's going to be directed by like Kevin, Kevin Monroe, Monroe who directed the uh, last uh, TMNT movie alright and the upcoming Dead of Night which I don't know anything about no neither do I uh, and the music will come from a variety of different sources I don't know I just it's like fuck I, 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 really George really really this is what you want to do next year I want to do a music about fairies really it's like uh, you know is this part of a secret lifestyle George did you, you know, take the red pill have you hooked up with some fucking freaky chick that's <laughs> a nonsense and you're doing this to please her because that's what it feels like George it doesn't feel like something you're doing for the fans George <laughs> he's like you know what would I'm really sh- fuck with the Star Wars nerds if I do a musical about fairies <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that. I'll get, I'll get, a, a CGI fucking um, Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. What? Anakin? No, the actor who plays the original Obi Wan. The oh, uh, Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Guinness is in it. <laughs> you I'll want put Alec Guinness and Harrison Ford recreate yeah. them from 3D? You bitching about how Alec Guinness was like the best thing about like the first thing. Well, you know what? I'm gonna give you more Alec Guinness, but it's gonna be in a musical and it's gonna be about fairies. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, fanboys. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know what's going on. 
Uh, I mean, like, he's also got another movie that he's producing called Red Tails, which is the story of the Tuscany Airmen. He's talked about this for a while, and there's also that watch a Star Wars TV show, which we've heard nothing about. Yep. But, uh, I don't know, it just feels like, what the fuck? Did you see, um, <laughs> did you see John Favreau's in The Clone Wars? Yes, yes, I didn't see it, but I, no. I, I, I heard of it. I think it was only on this weekend, but yeah, he's playing one of the Boba Fett's one of the, Boba the Fett's, Mandalorians. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, apparently, like, young Boba Fett, like, tweeted him, like, welcome well, welcome to the family. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that young Boba Fett, like, that's the name, or is it the actual kid? It's the actual name? kid. Who oh, really? Young Boba Fett. It's like, haha, welcome, welcome. Looking forward to watching your episode. Looking forward to the end of your career. Dude, I mean, he's at that kind of level where it doesn't really matter, does it as a joke? Fucking James Franco, what's the first thing he did after getting his Oscar, his Oscar nomination? He does a fucking multi-episode arc on General Hospital, for God's sake. <laughs> and his character's name is Franco. <laughs> you know why? Because I can. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to have a posse who tells you, no, dude. But, I mean, it's, it's that sort of thing where it's like, for someone like James Franco, I don't think it'll hurt his career. If anything, it'll help it. It'll just make him look more cool. Yeah. It's like, look at this fucker. He doesn't give a fuck. He does General Hospital. Why? Because he can. <laughs> It's like well, the, one of the famous versions of that I remember seeing this over Christmas was that Serene McKellen was on Coronation Street because he could. He's like fuck it, fuck it, exactly. What does it matter? I mean, in Coronation Street, no one outside of I don't, no one outside of England gives a shit. Yeah, and everyone inside England. It's like being on a Japanese commercial England, for and like you know, lives cigars. In England, I mean, it's like Coronation Street. That's like it's it's a it's a it's a what's the word? It's an institution. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like Christ. Even if you watch I, it, you should be institutionalized. Even I got sucked. Even I, fuck, even I got sucked into it. Oh, those things are insidious, man. I used to watch it with my nan. I'd go upstairs in my room and get totally wasted. And then go downstairs and then watch Coronation Street. It's like being in their living room. Jesus it's like real life. Now, when that was over, you used to turn over to EastEnders and cook yourself. <laughs> EastEnders I just remember watching it just thinking like god this is so depressing yeah yeah and like how can how can these people all work in the one square yeah, nobody, nobody nobody commutes nobody commutes they live and work in the same area it's like they've been walled in and like, you would wall these fuckers in you would wall I wouldn't want to live near any of these fuckers oh man everyone slept with everyone and everyone's worked with everyone and everyone knows everyone yeah. and it's like just this weird fucking incestuous little it's amazing that they're not all fucking like got like, four thumbs it's like it's yeah. basically rednecks <laughs> it's, it's amazing there's a kid on, like, on a porch playing a banjo exactly it's, it's, it's amazing they're not like fucking mutants or something you know it's like well, have you seen the Mitchell brothers? <laughs> uh, no because I haven't got the bottle <laughs> you ain't got the bottle mate you haven't got the bottle you know who I like? I like Ian, the guy who Ian Beale. <laughs> he's such a slippery fucker. But that poor bastard, he's like, he was on that show as a kid. I know, I know. And then he grew up on the show, and now he's like... I, I read an article during the week about when, apparently when EastEnders started, it was like, kind of real-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was ba- the guys who wrote it based upon people they knew in the East End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it went from that into, like, apparently, you know, the BBC were trying to, like, you know make people feel better about themselves or they were, they, do, they were going through all the issues like the guy who was a rock star give him fucking AIDS <laughs> there was one girl who got, who got fired because they said well we haven't got, we've done all the the, 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 the racist, racial stories we can do about a black person so we don't really need them <laughs> holy shit yeah the, the, the shit that goes down on that show and him you know it's like he's, he's striving to do better so as a result he has to become an absolute dick <laughs> and try and kill his wife or did someone shoot him I can't remember no, someone was, yeah because yeah, uh, and he, he shot Phil yeah he shot Phil <laughs> It wasn't quite up there with who shot Jay. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. Although they tried to. 
How do we descend into this? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, soaps in the UK are worse than fucking crack. I mean, I I I, I was away from Ireland for a, year, a full year and a half, and I go back, and you just it's on the t- background, and you go, I thought he was dead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. and because they, they have a they, there's a series of characters who've been there for 20, thirty years, twenty years, ten years, so there's always an entry point. You're always getting back into it. I know, I know, I know. And it's like I have to go into the other room and stare at the wall just to get my regain my sanity. <laughs> Same thing with me. I go back to the UK every year. I have no interest in watching it. Hey, look, Doc's still alive. I know. I'll watch it. I'll be like, so what's going on? Oh, never mind. I'll see for myself. No, yeah, once you start asking the questions, yeah, you, you got to run. you got to run. And also, the TV guides there basically tell you the whole week's worth of stories. And it's like, and, 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 it's, and the TV guides, they're almost like tabloids. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like, Pam's, Pam's a dirty love rat. Oh, <laughs> This is turning into the Soaps podcast. When Martin Kemp was on it, as fucking Steve Owen. Was that the guy from Spandau Ballet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy from Spandau Ballet was in it for God's sake. Fucking Cray brother was on it. Oh, what was the other one? Oh, fucking Captain Jean Luc Picard himself. Patrick yeah, yeah. Stewart Patrick was in Stewart. Coronation Street back in the day as a fireman, as a northern fireman. Hey, oh, the fire's out. <laughs> Dude, did you? Shakespeare. I was still in England when Coronation Street hit its, uh, I think, 40th anniversary or something. Yeah. And the and the whole episode was live. Oh really? Yeah, like, yeah. like the EOR one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I watched I watched the live the landmark live episode. Did of they Coronation. fuck it up? No, they didn't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. Was that was Craig Charles in it back then? Uh, Lister from Red Dwarf. No. <laughs> They actually, for those of you who don't know, they did a Red Dwarf thing a while ago as well, where they actually ended up on our universe, where Red Dwarf was a TV show. Yeah. And they went to Coronation Street, and Lister's talking to Craig Charles about what happened, where's their creator, and how they find him. It went downhill from there, but just to see Lister talking to Craig Charles, it's fucked up. And Steve, like they had, they were actually in the wool pack, not the wool pack, in the Rover's Return, and dear God, it's insidious. Look what this has happened to us. It's that the darkness has descended upon my soul just talking about this crap. Oh, you're not wrong there. So you're not wrong there. <laughs> oh, Pat. Oh, no, Pat. Frank Butcher, the legend. Speaking of Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Speaking of got me, got me, got me, was Yeah, it? please, let's go yeah. to the movies. So I uh, mentioned a while ago that Guy Ritchie, and after doing the such a sterling job on Sherlock Holmes, he's dumping Lobo. He's dumping Lobo, unfortunately. Which, after watching Sherlock Holmes, I was really getting interested in this because it was like Guy can direct. I was looking forward to slow motion Lobo. I mean, that's his pick. But apart from that, he could do humor. He could do you know not just the, the mockney fucking humor. He could do characters and you know scenes yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than just like a, a series of sketches yeah and just like a collage of imagery exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's a pity apparently um, who was it? Joe Silver was telling the Los Angeles Times that he's no longer attached to Lobo because they're going to railroad through uh, Sherlock Holmes 2 hopefully yeah. they don't push it too fast yeah 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 and, yeah. That, and that's also I think why Robert, I think we met, forgot to mention it last week Robert Downey Jr. is not doing Cowboys and Aliens now yeah, because but he's got it's, uh, Daniel Craig who's doing it. Oh, really? Yeah, Daniel Craig is uh, replacing him. Which is, uh, what, what I like about that is that it gives you no idea as to the tone. Because like, as Robert Dun- when Robert, Dun- Robert Dun- Jr. is doing a movie called Cowboys vs. Aliens, yeah. directed by John Favreau, you expect a certain tone. We've di- we've I expect di- the beard. Yeah. We- <laughs> or a tash, at least. And, uh, and uh, was it the, the Yankees wore blue? Was it, who wore yeah. the grey? Um, the grey was... Uh, the Union. Yeah. <laughs> But I could I could see him in that uh, Daniel Craig I could I could also see him in Yankee Blue. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, sad. Uh, we are uh, taking these out. Okay. Yeah, but Daniel Craig. Uh, that cool. I like that. That's a nice bit of casting. Yeah. Uh, so and Silver also said that uh, he was asked about whether Brad Pitt was appearing as Mar- Professor Moriarty, and they said they talked about it at one point. But as of now, we're not sure what we're going to do. So we'll see what happens. Because I mean, it's going to be the big thing. I mean, you got you got you got home. You got Holmes. You got Jude Law. And you got uh, Rob Downey Jr. You got to have a good Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a good. You can't uh, you can't sell that character short with those two. Did I tell you about the scene where like, they goes, he's like, I'm going to go see the bad guy in prison. He's like, you know, all right, cop. No, don't worry. Do you want me to come with you all, cop? I said, no, I don't think I'll come. Thanks, Hen. Like, you know, just completely out of, you know, how many people in America are going to go, he's a cop! I know, I know. I, you didn't tell me about that. No. That'd be funny. Yeah, but they, they threw in, like, it's, a, a, a time-appropriate colloquialisms that were, like, even now people in England are going, what the fuck's he saying cock for? I know. But so, there are some English words though where if, if like Americans watch it, they must think, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you know, English people are weird. It's like in Kevin and Perry go large, and it's like where Harry Enfield says, "Like you know, Perry, don't be so pants." <laughs> yeah, pants. And, and on and on the commentary, Henry Enfield is like, "Right now, Americans are like going, what does that mean? Why it? did he say don't be so trousers?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta borrow that off you again. <laughs> That movie's awesome, <laughs> you're, dude. You're, go- you're going to London. You can fucking I'll pick it up. There. You can pick it up for like a pound. HMV, baby. HMV, <laughs> fucking summer sales. <laughs> uh, speaking of the nice bits of casting, uh, looks like we're going to be seeing a lot more Mel Gibson. Oh yeah. Well, he's like. Uh, <laughs> it's- Hold on. Great radio. <laughs> hey. Like, he's like, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> uh, but Mel Gibson. Even though he's not, although we uh, recently said that he's not, he's not going to be doing the Road Warrior. He's got Edge of Darkness that's just come out, which I'm really keen to see. Well, me too. I'm, after watching the original series, he's got. Uh, though I have heard that he's good in it, but I saw a review that said he's good. Yeah, in it, I, I've heard. I've heard. He, I've heard. Out. He's the best thing about it. Yeah. Is that his his comeback performance is the best thing about I'm it. I'm interested to see if it's like TV like, because what was that one with um, Ben Affleck and Robin Hood? <laughs> What? <laughs> the new Robin Hood. Ben Affleck and the new Robin Hood. What's his name? New, Aussie guy. Oh, uh, State of Play. Yeah, State of Play. That was based on a TV show. You know, and the, Sorry, when I think of Robin Hood, I don't think Russell Crowe. You think what? Well, I, sure. I think of Michael Kevin Costner. I think Kevin Costner or Michael Pratt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, so, or, or, some, or sometimes if I'm drunk, Patrick Burgeon. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're really fucked, then you think uh, Jason Connery. <laughs> That wasn't Robin. <laughs> and when you can't get up off the floor, Cariel was <laughs> the one with the British accent. <laughs> hey, Blinken! Did you say Abe Lincoln? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So Mel Gibson's got Edge of Darkness, and oh yeah, what were you going to say about State of Play? There was two TV. No, just I was wondering. You saw it, right? Yeah, was yeah. it a TV movie? Did it feel like a TV no, movie? No, no, they no. made it a movie. They made it a movie. Yeah. it felt very cinematic. It felt like a real nice old school seventies potboiler political thriller. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to see Age of Darkness to see because the TV show was like six, three, is, six episodes long. Which is probably one of the reasons why it didn't make that much money. What? It, uh, uh, State of Play. Yeah, it didn't do that do that well. I mean, it probably did well on DV, on DVD. It wasn't ex- every page from uh, page sixty onwards didn't have an explosion. Yeah, although I do have to go back and check. <laughs> I think the sixty minute thing might have been the part where he jumps on the car. Is it? <laughs> Why is this guy who's like totally like no show, shows no signs of ever doing anything like this? Oh, why shit? He just jumped on a car. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was I was gonna text my mom, but fuck yeah. <laughs> Jumping on cars and shit. <laughs> but yeah, Mel Gibson's doing some stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> After that, he's got um, 
He's uh, doing uh, the the new uh, black comedy by Jody Jody Foster called The Beaver. Oh yeah, this is, there's, been, there's been publicity shots of that, which has it? spawned a whole bunch of Jody Foster uh, Beaver related jokes. Mm. It's like I can't wait to see Jody Foster's Beaver. Yeah, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> That's, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mel Gibson's Beaver. And the, the Beaver is where he's um, he's uh, he's mentally deranged. Mel Gibson's, so got, a, Mel Gibson's got a hand up his be- up a Beaver, up his Beaver, <laughs> up his own Beaver. <laughs> But he's talking to a beaver. I think it was originally supposed to be a beaver puppet. There's no way of redeeming this conversation. Uh, he, what was it? The um, it was supposed to be Steve Carroll originally, right? I, I don't know. I believe so. I only started hearing about this project once Mel Gibson came on board. Once he got on board the beaver. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael, uh, Mel Gibson boards beaver. <laughs> says Variety magazine. <laughs> Gibson's all about the beaver. <laughs> Leave it to Gibson. <laughs> that one kind of only works if you know Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> what else is he doing? Uh, yeah, PP's possibly reteaming with his um, uh, lethal weapon screenwriter Shane Black <laughs> uh, on. Um, uh, this movie called Cold Warrior. This is the uh, first movie that Shane Black, Shane Black will be uh, directing since the the awesome Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I was just gonna say, has he done? Any, he's not even done any writing or anything since then, has he? I, I don't think so. Not not that I'm aware of. Because it was like the Lethal Weapon movies and then Predator, <laughs> <laughs> and then Dick Duran for a bit. Oh, he went nuts, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he lost it for a bit. And then he wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then he lost it for a bit. Ah, popular again. Everyone, come back to my house. I got loads of coke. <laughs> And uh, now he's come on, Bobby Brown's coming. <laughs> Where's the crap? How's that guest list? <laughs> Shane Black, Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston, <laughs> fucking uh, Amy Winehouse, <laughs> and Mel Gibson. <laughs> gee, gee, you think they're going to be playing Scrabble? <laughs> oh no, he, Lethal Weapon Five, 2012. AWOL 2006 yeah that's gonna happen as Holly Martins <laughs> he wrote the script as Holly Martins <laughs> maybe it sucks <laughs> <coughs> oh jeez <laughs> but anyway yeah Cold Warrior it's supposed to be like a, like a like this whole uh, old school espionage Cold War type shit uh, <laughs> cause uh, he, he, he said something that I thought was pretty cool uh, he said that I think there's a great spy movie to be made that's not handheld <laughs> and uh, uh, it's like it's that's about, not born. Yeah, he says it's old school espionage versus this new breed of uh, peacekeeper spy. That's like uh, his quote. Uh, he didn't write it though. It was written by Charles Mondry. Uh, although everyone's saying there's no fucking way Shane Black is going to direct a script that isn't his without doing a rewrite. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just don't think his ego. I don't think his ego will, will not let him. No. <laughs> he could. He could have gotten the script for Chinatown. It's like, wait, there's no explosion on page sixty. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> In many ways, he is the screenwriter bastard uh, brother of Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Only with a much better, much more uh, sophisticated sense of humor. Or he takes another fucking three years to do each screenplay. So. Oh God. <sighs> you okay? Can you I breathe? just I just recovered from Mel Gibson's Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of 3D <laughs> Pierre Morel the director of Taken and the upcoming From Russia with, from Russia with Love is, is it from no from Paris, Paris with Love, love. 
uh, has, and he's doing the Dune remake. Apparently, he's saying that he wants to do it in 3D now as well. He said he'd like to, yeah. And he'd have gone back to the book. Because the, the, the Dune stuff has actually been... But Dune is one movie that if you do it 3D... You'll you get a big worm in your face. You get... <laughs> <laughs> What's up, big worm? <laughs> <laughs> You've been knocked out. Fuck out! <laughs> Friday's awesome. But yeah, I mean, they said that there was... There was a also around this. I don't know whether it was some publicity <laughs> thing, but they actually popped up online. There's a whole load of um, audio reviews on YouTube mm. with Frank Herbert and David Lynch. Oh yeah, talking about the making of the last Kyle McLaughlin Dune movie, mm. and like so because apparently you know like they, they, no one ever really got what Frank Herbert talked what he thought about the movie at, at the time. But they have there's about I think it's six ten minute little interview snippets. I'm gonna listen to them on the plane, but. Um, <laughs> You can stick this in is a trip. David Lynch talking to Frank Herbert. It's going to be fucking awesome. You can stick in a trip uh, in case you haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping these little nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can guess where. There's a prize. <laughs> the tin of <pop-a-dums. laughs> Speaking of that, you can tell this is a new tin. It's all crunchy. Mm, Not like good. that last one. <laughs> We're getting fries brought to you by Papadums. Um... Now that Sam Raimi's off Spider-Man, there's lots of rumors uh, swirling around that he'll be the next. The next movie he'll work on will be the World of Warcraft movie, which is just going to be insane. Have you ever seen what World of Warcraft looks like? Mm-hmm. It's like Dayglow or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like, or it's Lord of the Rings meet Hey Gabba Gabba. <laughs> like they're just fucking insane looking. Like everything glows. I've seen the orange. toys. Yeah, yeah. The toys are badass. They're fucking, I, I mean, they don't, don't print out your character. They'll do the 3D printing thing. Have you seen that? No, no. You can because you can. You know, people <laughs> people grind for six months so they can get a torrent mount. <laughs> I think that's. I think I probably offended half the. <laughs> I think that's wrong. Because a whole bunch of people like, well, fuck you. Yeah, you can get like an eagle, but like fucking or, or film freak faggot special <laughs> armor and shit. You grind for like six months to get a special type of armor because you've killed seven hundred womp rats. <laughs> <laughs> fucking losers. They're only going to be why. <laughs> Hit them in your T sixteen. Uh, but they'll actually. There's actually a company who will take the three D model of your character in game and actually, you know, that kind of three D printing yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, they'll yeah, actually yeah. print that shit out. Oh shit. Yeah. And paint it and stuff for you, and match, make it match it and stuff. I'd love to have an action figure of myself. Yeah, I don't, not even a character I'm playing, just like of me, of you. Yeah. <laughs> in like baggy ass fucking armor and this massive sword, you can't even lift. No, not as not as that. No, just me, my actual daily like you know my shorts and my slippers in that t-shirt, my man bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and a t-shirt to- that says "Gotta cock." <laughs> No, I, no. If I could pick my T-shirt, I want my my has been T-shirt. Yeah, because <laughs> that looks like a cool like Daniel Cloves character. <laughs> Just shorts, T-shirt, hipster scum, and a T-shirt that says has been. <laughs> but but it, he's not. He's not going to. Apparently, the next one. The, the rumor is he's not going to do World of Warcraft next because obviously there's a shitload of work to do on that. They're going to try and beat Lord of the Rings. The war. The, I mean, the, those those action figures are so cool that I don't play the game, and even I've been tempted to get them. Yeah, well, yeah you knew really, about the Impaler figure, so that's kind yeah. of odd. <laughs> <laughs> that's what there. But um, is that's about the next movie actually is going to be a new version of The Shadow. Really? Yeah. Um, so um, Sam, do you do you, do 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 the director of Highlander could have make it work? What makes you think you can? Yeah. So uh, and, and and Alec Baldwin's perfect casting. He's producing it, but now the, the word is that he might be. He's producing it anyway, but the word is on the word in the street is he might be directing. I don't know. It depends. Like, is it going to be a period piece? I think so. Uh, there, there was, they didn't really say much about the actual main character, but there was something on the script review on one of the websites. I think it was Slash Film or something like that, and they said that um, the bad guy is called the Remorse. 
It's like, would you make this movie? Oh man, the remorse. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking for trouble. But he's like a bad guy with a gas mask and shit. So they didn't really say how they're going to go with the uh, the shadow and if he's going to have the dodgy nose. That was that like Baldwin? Wasn't it? Yes, yes. In the previous yeah. version. Uh, I don't know. It's like. Mm. But it could, he could make it work because, again, if he has the love for it, as he's shown by Spider-Man 1 and 2, he can make it work. No, I mean, there's definitely a fun movie to be made there. It's just that I think with all of, you know, with all of his uh, sort of filmmaking prowess, <clears throat> I'd like to see... More horror movies. Uh, no, I'd like to see people do, like, uh, do new stuff. Yeah. You know, and, like, The Shadow's been done. And it wasn't that... And it, and it really wasn't done that long ago. No. You know, I mean, actually, it kind of was. It was, like, over 20 years. But, <laughs> but still, I mean, it doesn't... That's... We're not talking Hulk and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, you know. What I mean? <laughs> We're not talking Spider-Man three to Spider-Man Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. But yeah, get, coming back to Dune for a bit. I mean, this is one movie that it was done in three D. There is a lot about Dune that, like, as you say, with the fucking worms coming at you. There's a lot of ornithopters. There's a lot of that environment to get them to be immersed in. So if, if they can do that, have that same thing. That, ty- that uh, the trippy scenes would be awesome. The trippy scenes would be awesome. the water of life, the spice, the spice, more deep. <laughs> I've read those books because <laughs> <laughs> you have lots of time mm, used to but uh, yeah Dune I'm hoping if you're more, they're going back to the book anyway they chucked out the script that was uh, floating around and mm-hmm. that was going to be for the who was the other guy who was going to do it previously uh, Peter Berg Peter Berg yeah, they yeah. chucked that script so they're going back to the book and I mean it is dense I mean it's one of those doorstop books I think it was Neil Gaiman said like the definition of art is that you can brain a burglar with it so it is art <laughs> like if you, if you throw this at a burglar he's out <laughs> I mean you can be done for that I know it, it is a very intimidating looking book. Yeah, I mean when you, if I remember the first time I actually like picked it off the shelf, it's like, gee, this is gonna take a while. Yeah, <laughs> and then you get the next one, it's like, fuck, this is thin. <laughs> Run out of ideas. <laughs> and I was like, J.K. Rowling, each book, it's just like, it's like, what the fuck? Does this come with cliff notes? Yeah, it's like Jesus, it's a fucking children's book. Look at how thick this sucking son of a bitch. There was is. I saw the um, what was it? Um, I got a gift from my sister. It was the. There's a book mentioned in Harry Potter, uh, one of the upcoming ones, um, mm. that, like, I don't know if it's a major plot point or not, but it was a copy of that book, and it comes in, like, a big leather-bound book, and when you open it, there's a smaller book inside, and it comes with um, Dumbledore's notes on the book. Oh, it's really? a book of fairy tales by some famous wizard, and, like, it comes with Dumbledore's cliff notes. It does, huh? mm. That sounds like a fucking wank. <laughs> Feel the leather. Sniff the glove. I don't mind doing that. Do I have to sniff yours? Speaking of special editions, find this fucking. <laughs> well, while uh, while Ian's looking for a special edition, <laughs> I'll just take a moment to point out that Scott Pilgrim vs. the World comes out on August thirteenth, and I cannot wait. There's some in the early reviews of this movie, and apparently all the early reviews say it's awesome. And it's just a visually insane, it's, yeah, visually insane movie. Um, although it's going to have some competition, it's opening at the same some on the same weekend as uh, the Expendables. And also uh, Julia Roberts' new romantic drama *Eat, Pray, Love*. I don't, I'm not, don't think you need to worry too much about that. Oh, I thought it was *Eat, P or *E W Y*. E Y. I thought it might be the predator in there. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> predator. Eat, pray, love. There's a good little webcomic online. Have you, seen, cool. have you seen *Alien Loves Predator*? If Robert Rodriguez really wants to piss people off, he should do a predator romantic comedy. <laughs> what was it? It was *Pride and Prejudice* and *Predators*, wasn't it? And Sense Sensibility and And suppose the one with Sea Monsters, I can't remember that one. But yeah, speaking of special editions, um, House of the Devil came out a while ago. It's supposed to be a really kick ass 80s kind of horror movie. Um, from what, everything I've read about it, it's like director and star in complete sync about how things are going, and it's supposed to be it's a really 80s movie, and it feels like a really great 80s horror movie. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> they actually as a promotional tool they actually start um, handing it out on VHS mm-hmm. with a VHS style copy and they're actually there's a special edition you can get DVD plus VHS is this the one that Tom Noonan is in? yes awesome so you can actually get it on VHS <laughs> Insane. For those of you who don't know, uh, Tom Noonan, uh, he's uh, he he's probably most well known as uh, Frankenstein from the Monster Squad, and uh, he was also the villain in Robocop Two. Yes, <laughs> Kane, Kane. <laughs> uh, he's also um, he's in a lot of movies. He's also in Heat. Uh, I mean, he turns up in a lot of movies. Yeah, he's a weird looking motherfucker. Weird looking motherfucker. And he's a performance artist as well. Yes, he is, and you can tell. <laughs> he's in hey, 2009. He's in a movie called Stony. <laughs> He did a lot of TV work as well. House of the Dead, Follow the Prophet, Kidnap Someone. <laughs> He's also in a movie from 2005 called They're Made Out of Meat. <laughs> I gotta find out what that's about. They're made out of meat. <laughs> oh, he's in there, Legged Freaks. And what? And uh, we should probably mention uh, a couple. He's of in Money Train. We put, uh, we should uh, probably mention a couple of deaths. Uh, one of a one of a person, the other one of a company. Yes. Um, first of all, J.D. Salinger, nineteen nineteen to two thousand and ten. Yeah, I didn't think he was still alive. Actually, I know he was uh, for the last, you know for the, for quite a long time has been fairly reclusive. But uh, yep, he just recently passed away. So rest in peace, brother. There is apparently a documentary, wrote, um, The Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> is on every fucking American college student shelf, and it's also <laughs> on every serial killer shelf as well, I believe. Yep. There's, uh, there was a, the rumor that the, 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 they would never be able to film a, cop, a, a movie of Catching the Rye because it's unfilmable, but they are apparently there's going to be a documentary about it coming out. I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, Catching the Rye, made famous by the motherfucker who shot John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> that dumb piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they also, uh, during the week, we saw, we said fun farewell to Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda Rubenstein, yes. His house is clean. <laughs> uh, the last. Uh, uh, Zelda Rubenstein, of course, is um, from Poltergeist and uh, Poltergeist Two and Three. Um, but uh, she was um, she was the last thing I saw her in was uh, Behind the Mask, the Leslie Vernon story. Oh, she's in that. She's in that. Yeah. I like, should probably take it off the DVD shelf and watch it. Yes. You yes. Need it back. <laughs> yeah. She's got a she's got a cameo in that. Really, really cool cameo. She plays this like freaky looking librarian. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's also in a movie. She also narrated a TV show called The Scariest Places on Earth. Yeah. She's. I mean, for a while she was doing like a lot of voice acting. She was in Southland Tales. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, that's right. She did, she's done a lot more than you think she might have done. Is it called she's Angels very, with Angles? Because she's a very uh, odd looking odd looking woman. <laughs> the Flintstones yeah. on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she was on the Flintstones for quite a while as well. Yeah. And uh, also, we should mention that uh, Miramax is it's no more. more. I, t- I said this last week they were in trouble, and you you poo pooed me. <laughs> I knew I there was something up. I didn't realize. I, I thought it was all MGM. I yeah, didn't yeah. realize it was Miramax as well. MGM was, I think MGM was just obscuring the cloud, obscuring the sun that is Miramax going down in flames. But yeah, that's kind of sad. I mean, Miramax actually, I mean, they've um, they had a hell of a run. I mean, they produced some. The Aviator, Chicago, Chocolat, The Cider Has Rules, Clerks, Cold Mountain, The Crying Game, The Diving Bell and the Butterflies. I've got to see that one. The English Patient, Gangs of New York, Goodwill Hunting, The Hours, Kill Bill, The Others, Pulp Fiction, The Queen, Shakespeare in Love, Swingers, The Talented Mr. Rimmick, Ripley, and Trainspotting. So when you look at it, it looks like that. What kind of fucked up decision making went into having this thing go down in flames? Yeah, but I mean, you know, when like, it comes to when it comes down to it, I mean, none of these movies were particularly like. Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, they were made money, but like, who who make, who goes to the movie? Oh, I love this studio. I know, I know. Yeah. I, know I mean, it is always cool to see that Miramax, the Miramax the the city lights going out at the beginning. Like, aha, we are in indie darling territory. But I mean, it's it's actually very scary that they're going down because in a way, it's, it almost feels like. Um, 
you know, like independent cinema might suffer greatly because of it. Yeah. You know, like uh, we might not get exposed to as many good indie films without studios like Miramax because they did champion that shit. Is and we Fox got, Searchlight still going or they, Fo- they, they merged that into Fox, more? no, Fox Searchlight is still going. Um, but I mean, like Warner Brothers, they had uh, Warner's Independent and that fucking went down the tubes. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Um, and there's really not that many left. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you'll still have independent movies being made, but they'll probably won't. We probably won't get to see as many of them without studios like this because, I mean, if it wasn't for Miramax, no guarantee some of these movies would have come to life. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was Miramax that was, uh, well, the, the, they used to say Miramax. That it has wasn't the tar- for Miramax, that it was Tarantino. Tarantino yeah, yeah, Tarantino might, we might not have discovered Tarantino. Yeah. You know, because, or we might not have, you know, it, there's so many of these amazing movies. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Disney bought them, the Weinstein brothers left, and they have the Weinstein company now instead. Yeah. You know, um, it's like if, if Swingers if Swingers didn't happen, we might not have gotten old school, we might not have gotten Iron Man. Yeah, you yeah. never know. You know, it's like, uh, or it might not have gotten the Iron Man that we got. Yeah. You know? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been some money, maybe. You know, if it wasn't for the crying game, we might not have gotten. Um, no, never mind. One thing that was interesting <laughs> was that the Weinstein's tried to buy the name back, and uh, you know Disney have gone through a change recently. Like after old dogs, they decided to stop making shit and uh, doing other stuff. But apparently, it was part of that that this is why they bought it, and then they said, "Fuck it, let's wind it up." Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea how much money they spent on it, but they asked for they asked they asked them. He's generally made it known that uh, Disney chief Bob Iger that he he'd be willing to sell to Miramax for just one point five billion. That's all. 1.5 billion? Yeah, that's all. Jeez. Which is fucking insane. But now there's a couple of the six movies, six completed projects that are sitting on a shelf. Um, the Baster, which is Anist- uh, Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman. Mossad Shutter the Death with Helen Mirren and Sam Worthington. <laughs> the Death, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like, um, it's like what if fucking John Grisham was to make a movie now? Yeah. <laughs> Don't Be Afraid of the Dark with Guy Pearce and Katie Holmes. Nomeo and Juliet with James McAvoy and Emily Blunt. And the infidelity drama Last Night, a.k.a. Tell Me with Kieran Knightley and Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington again? Jesus! Uh, even Mendes. And Julie Tay- Taymor's adaptions The Tempest, which I was actually quite kind of interested to see. Yep. I mean, come on, because the, t- the fucking team up collaboration that you want to see... Is Julie, Julie Taymor, Taymor and, and Sam Worthington is and Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's playing. He was Russell Brand was supposed to play uh, the fa- what's his name, mm-hmm. the P- Puck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I love uh, Taymor's uh, Titus. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. It's fucking. It's, it's, it's I'll fucking, see that in 3D. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Anthony Hopkins, Helen Mirren, um, no Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, sorry, yeah. and uh, what's his name, Alan, Alan Cumming. Yeah, genius movie. Genius. It's a great movie. Such a kick-ass. If you haven't seen that, go watch it now. It's Shakespeare it, on acid. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Oh, did you see the uh, the, the teaser for uh, Wall Street Two? Yes, I did. Um, I, have to, I have to put my hands up and say I haven't actually sat all the way through Wall Street, so I didn't realize Gordon Gecko went to jail. <laughs> Yes, he went to jail. <laughs> Why did he go to jail? What the fuck? <laughs> how can you? How come? How come you never seen Wall Street all the way to the end? I don't know. Didn't get into it. I just. I don't know. Just one of those things. Yeah, just one of those things. But when people ask you if you've seen it, do you say yes? Nope. <laughs> now, I know some people like that. If you, it's if, like they've seen and if, if you've asked me, have I seen Wall Street? <laughs> I've said yes. Email in at podcast at myappenfries.com. Podcast at myappenfries.com. But yeah, I mean, this looks interesting. Although, you know, again, it's just like, you know, hmm, interesting. Oh, Shia LaBeouf, interesting, interesting. Shia LaBeouf, interesting, interesting. Shia LaBeouf. Although it's a bad, it's a bad move on Oliver Stone's part to show the, the first time you see Shia LaBeouf, he's on a bike. Yeah. Because he was in on his a suit. Because he was on a bike in Indiana Jones. And he's in a bike in Transformers. <laughs> you don't want to fucking. It's like, what the fuck, Oliver? <laughs> yeah, so I'll try for that. It does look interesting, and it does look like Michael Douglas acting again. Cool. Because I, I don't know, I haven't seen a. 
What was the last piece of Michael Douglas movie? Um, He's been last, in bits and pieces as, as the, the last decent Michael Douglas movie for me was. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. He I wasn't mean, in traffic, no, that was his wife. He was no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead by that point. I was just like, yeah, Michael Douglas is a drug dealer. But Michael Douglas is someone that I've always liked. He's yeah, yeah. just, he's very. I mean, he's a very likable uh, screen presence. Yeah. Even, you know, so much so that when he's playing a when he's playing a bad guy, you always want him to win. Yeah. It's like in Falling Down. In Falling Down, I wanted Robert Duvall to get shot. Yeah. And Robert Duvall's character was the nicest man you could ever meet. But you know, but Michael Douglas, he's just so commanding in that movie. He's yeah. just like kill kill Robert Duvall. Yeah. It's like I went with him on the journey in the game, even though it was kind of like shit. But I was like, I was I quite enjoyed that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Look, I have, I have, uh, I have. The only two things I can really remember from uh, from the game is the scene in the beginning in the restaurant with uh, Sean Penn when Sean Penn lights up a cigarette it's like you can't smoke here and it's like you know, it's like this is California and Sean Penn just goes fuck California <laughs> and I went to see that uh, in, in California, in California. <laughs> and everyone just laughed their ass off it's like fuck California cool. um, yeah I can't really think of he's done bits and pieces in other movies he's been a bit player in some movies for a while but I can't really remember any of them so that shows how good they were I know but yeah, uh, the other trailer that was at the big trailer was at this week was for the losers, which you haven't seen, right? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, this looks cool. And um, what's his name? Doctor Manhattan, uh, comedian? Not comedian, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan looks cool in this, and it looks like it, it, it's unfortunate that it's it's looking like it's going to come out the same year as the A Team because it looks the trailer does. I know the comic maybe not so much this, but the trailer does sell it as the A Team, a group of a group who've been sold out and they're on the run. Uh-huh. And they got and Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana's cool in this, and kicking his ass and shit. Zoe Saldana after Avatar, as far as I'm concerned, she could do no wrong. She yeah. was awesome in that movie, and yeah. I've liked her before then. But in that yeah. movie, I mean, it just sealed the deal for me. I'll watch anything she's in. And she looks cool in this. And Jimmy Morgan, and I didn't recognize an awful lot of the other guys. Although um, Chris Evans, Chris Evans is kind of cool looking because he's a bit of a. While he's fucking Chris Evans, I, as in carved out of fucking marble, he's playing a kind of a geekier character, and there's like a whole thing. They do the whole thing with like going into an office as a courier and changing in the lift, and the doors just open, and there's a whole lot of women there, obviously on the Diet Coke break, and he's just like, eh. I, you know, check what? me I, out. I like Chris Evans. Yeah. he's also another one of these guys that even, that is very likable. And uh, even though I couldn't stand the fucking Fantastic Four movies, you yeah. know, it's like I liked him as Human Torch. I thought, Flame on! I thought he was an awesome Johnny Storm. Yeah, you know, it's like recast the rest. Even Michael Chiklis. I, I like Michael Chiklis. I, I didn't mind Michael Chiklis, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking you could have gotten someone better. Bing Rhames. I don't know who. It's just uh, I just thinking that you know, it's just like, and also I wasn't crazy about the the, the thing makeup either. Oh really? I, I wasn't. I liked in the second one. I think it looked a bit better in the second. It looked one, a bit better in the second one. Yeah, I mean they fixed his eyebrows in the second one. Yeah, they gave him. You the, know, yeah, they gave the, him the, the chunky ones. The fucking overhead, fucking <laughs> over, overhead, over face, <laughs> whatever you call it. I mean, Young Griffin looks like Mister Fantastic, but okay, he just seemed as a little shit. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the Fantastic Four movies were just such a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Especially the second one. There was so much they could have done with fucking Galactus and Silver Surfer, and they just pussied out. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. But yeah, the trailer. The trailer was a good. Lots of nice humor and stuff. Like I think they're, they're on a stakeout in a bright yellow car, and he's like, I think it's Camaro or something like that. Or something. And he's like, Yeah, I hope they don't see us in our banana yellow car. And Jeffrey Morgan's like, Hey, it's an American classic. <laughs> What do you got against American cars? <laughs> so there's, uh, there's a quite a, there's quite a nice bit of humor running throughout the trailer. I definitely recommend looking checking it out. Where's the nut that a cocoa in this fucking lychee drink? I've been swigging What's on this. Nut that a cocoa. 
Not that a coco is like this jelly thing. Oh. I just like it because I just like saying not that a coco. I don't like jelly. It makes, it, it makes an effing fruit drink just seem so exotic. An effing fruit drink. Yeah. For those of you outside Malaysia, they actually have a brand here called effing. I want to get me some mother effing juice. <laughs> anyway, speaking of funny brands, I mean, like, shit, I just bought this shit today. Where the fuck is this? <laughs> There's this thing, yeah. It's so this thing of cookies, vanilla licious. It's actually called munchies. Mm. <laughs> you literally have the munchies right now in your hand. Mm. Yes, <laughs> I am holding my munchies. <laughs> I have complete control over my munchies. Here, my munchie control. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm done for news. I'm done for news. Let's let's move on to reviews. Let's segue on to email. Ah, did I tell you about this? Yes, you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, dear Gavinine, this one comes in from James. Uh, which famous <laughs> musician has given the best acting performance in a movie? By famous, I mean they were already widely acknowledged as a musician before they ever tried acting. Uh-huh. I got none. <laughs> I'm, I, got, I forgot about the question until about 25 minutes ago the podcast. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm leaving. Uh, f- <laughs> uh, well, <coughs> what do you got, Gav? Uh, for me, it would be Diana Ross, Lady Sings the Blues. You haven't seen that? No. Oh shit! I just that's okay. Not, that's I like spent my time watching G.I. Joe over and over again. <laughs> okay, that would be. I mean, like uh, your reaction to when I hadn't hadn't seen Emily. Yeah. Okay, this is mine. You, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it, right? I still haven't seen <laughs> it. <laughs> fucking okay, fuck that movie. <laughs> fuck that French shit. I mean, anything Tom Waits turns up in is pretty good. I know, but Tom Waits, it's like he's just he's done the same thing so many times. You kind of get the impression he's not really acting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Diana Ross in Lady Sings the Blues was awesome David Bowie in The Prestige love that shit yeah Nikolai, <laughs> I was actually listening to a video game podcast and they were talking about a game where Nikolai Tesla is in it and they said like okay is it David Bowie no I'm not on board <laughs> no but uh, like uh, David Bowie is one of those guys is like I'll watch him in anything yeah yeah I, I, like Merry Christmas Mr. Lawrence yeah. I loved him in that fucking movie and uh, the, the special of The Office that he's in yeah poor little fat man Awesome. He's awesome. Uh, what other singers is on it? Michael Jackson, Captain Neo, Moonwalker? No. 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 <laughs> Why don't you just say Mariah Carey and Glitter? <laughs> Christina Aguilera and whatever the fuck is going to become the next Glitter? Phil. Phil. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, I would say that's pretty much it. Because, I mean, like, oh, Barbara Streisand. Is Barbara Streisand a singer first and a filmmaker next, or is she seen more as an actress? She kind of looks like a foot for me. I don't know. She's just like, I can't buy her as anything apart from Barbara Streisand. I'm not talking about her looks. I mean, I'm just like saying, I mean, you know, her looks sort of speak speak for itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, what was, know, the, like, what was know, the movie with the time, Jewish thing? Every time you watch it, you're just like, oh, look, there's nose! <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, look, what a great scene. Nose! Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Keith Richards playing Johnny Depp's dad. <laughs> Acting, dude. Acting. acting yeah, it's not acting. <laughs> Ian that... doesn't have an answer for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lady Sings the Blues. Lady Sings the Blues, yeah. Uh, Richard, was, Richard Pryor was also in it. Very young Richard Pryor. Yeah. In a dramatic role. So, yeah. Worth casting. <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Billy D. Williams. Before his Cult 45 days. <laughs> or maybe he was on Cult 45 back then. Who knows? Maybe he already was beating the shit out of women. Uh, Billy D. Williams is hitting on women. <laughs> I guess he must just have a little too much Coke 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at lists online. This is not good. No, it's like. <laughs> They're all cameos. <laughs> cameo. Cameo. Can't you even just like throw Snoop Doggy Dog and Starsky and Hush? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, if I know one thing, I know grass. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know the, the, the caddy thing? And, and Ice Cube in Boys in the Hood. Yeah, yeah, Ice Cube yeah. and, and Eminem and Amos. Was Ice Cube on Friday? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Friday. Yeah. Friday, yeah. yeah. That's twice. Yeah. <laughs> You've been knocked the fuck out! Although that was Chris Tucker. I mean, Chris Tucker yeah. had all the laughs. Ice Cube was essentially playing a slightly more toned, straight down, man. A slightly more toned down version of his Boys in the Hood character. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was awesome in Boys in the Hood. Yeah, he was. As uh, Doughboy. Yeah, he was the fucked up one. He was awesome in that. I remember my friend Craig when he just lost his job <laughs> we were talking about our problems and you know how we do it we got high we got fucked up did you enjoy 8 Mile? 8 Mile? I did I did enjoy it too yeah. I enjoyed 8 Mile and even the scenes where he wasn't rapping he was good yeah. you know I mean I you know, he, say rapping <laughs> he wasn't rapping you know oh I think we Labyrinth I forgot about that <laughs> no, no 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 yes no no yes I am not a Labyrinth supporter sorry <laughs> fuck off really? <laughs> sorry that I mean, it might it might have been okay when it came out. You try watching it now, and it's like it's like it's I like, have watched it's it. like pouring acid on yourself. You're it's full so of shit. It's so painful. No, it's not. It's dark awesome. crystal any day of the week. Dark crystal any day. Give me some dark crystal. Give me some fraggle rock. Give me some fucking the the great Muppet caper. <laughs> you keep labyrinth the fuck away from me. <laughs> that's that's a deal breaker right there. Deal breaker. I, I meet someone and she says like favorite favorite child, favorite children's movie labyrinth. I'm like it's over. We're going Dutch. Get the check. You can fuck right off. You can fuck right off. No, you can fuck right off. Labyrinth's awesome. Wouldn't touch it with yours, mate. I've I've seen it like three times in the last two years. (laughs) Hoggle. (laughs) No, I mean, like, I love its imagery. Yeah. I love its imagery. I mean, like, you know. Is it dance, baby, dance? You just can't get behind. Anything with fucking trolls and. Yeah, it's. it's, Yeah. (laughs) It's that fucking song. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do you do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. (laughs) Jesus. No, I can't. Can't handle that shit. <laughs> You've lost your munchie control. <laughs> can't handle that shit. I've lost my munchies. Speaking of the Muppet movies, um, again, today is a very heavily researched podcast. Uh, one, the, the, one of the quick creators of Fight of the Concords has been semi... Uh, the, he's been offered mm. the role of the director yeah. for um, the Muppet movie, yeah. which has been written by some dudes who've done some cool stuff. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> You two oh, ain't it cool Don't fail me now I got another on my screen Because you, you just said Oh I'm done with news <laughs> <laughs> I got my review shit already You just You just fucking yourself up It's fucking Okay wait I got something Well but, but, quit, you, you got something no, Lin- Lindsay Lohan Lindsay Lohan is going topless in machete Oh brilliant <laughs> That's like so 2006 man It's like something just to slip in While you look for your shit <laughs> Lindsay Lohan apparently Yeah she's going topless and uh, you know it's like I'm kind of happy about this because I just imagine that she's all like fucking nasty yeah because she doesn't look like how she used to she looks nasty now you know you look at pictures now and she looks like Tara Reid she's <laughs> <laughs> you look up the definition of nasty in the dictionary Tara Reid picture of Tara Reid Tara Reid <laughs> so yeah uh... <laughs> pale ale uh... <laughs> It's so the co- co-creator, <laughs> writer, and director of Fly the Concords, um, <laughs> you little scrotum liquor. What's <laughs> his fucking name? Jesus, James Bobbin. So um, yeah, he, he, he's the uh, critic and this, James rating challenge. And wait, and wait, I, I, I must also say that this tells you something about Lindsay Lohan's career: is that she's topless in this movie. It's released by Fox, and she's only got about ten minutes worth of screen time. No, she's the new Paris Hilton. And Tara Reid. And Tara Reid. She's the bastard offspring of Tara Reid and <laughs> Paris Hilton. Uh, and she wanted so badly to be with Melissa Joan Hart. <sighs> so apparently the movie, the Muppet movie is going to be a script from Jason Siegel and uh, Jason... Just forgetting- so you know, I had no intention of including that in news. The only reason that came up is because Ian fucked up and he didn't have his shit ready. But he's got his Thanks shit. for covering for me, dude. <laughs> 
I didn't have to cover hard to cover when you're going uh we're, tune. we're very well researched today. Uh my internet speed is fast. <laughs> I was fucking failed. Fail, motherfucker. But um the script is from Jason Siegel and Forgetting Sarah Marshall's director Nicholas Stoller. Uh, he was supposed to helm this until scheduling conflicts arose. But apparently, I think uh, they want uh, James Bobbin to work on... A, uh, Judd Apatow is producing a movie that he might do instead of The Muppets. But, I mean, fuck, it's The Muppets. I know. How can you not do that? Yeah. It's just, fuck you, Judd Apatow. Mm. What's up, it's Apatow? No, no, no. We've got to have more Muppets. Damn straight. It's been a while. It's what was the last one? It has been quite a while, actually. What was the last was one? Was the last one um, The Christmas Carol? I can't oh. remember. Was it, it was either Christmas Carol or, or uh, Treasure Island, right? Was it? I think it was Christmas Carol. Yeah. Which is genius. That's brilliant. Yeah. But it's been that long. Even if it is Treasure Island, that's still... It might have been Treasure Island, actually. Yeah. I can't remember. It's still quite a long time. It's, yeah, it's, quite, it's been a long time since there's been a Muppet movie. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I still gotta I still gotta find out what the fuck... I mean, like, you know, there's, the, there's a whole load of, like, Muppet shit online, and I don't know why. I don't know whether they're just keeping it out there or they have a website and they're putting it up. But if you look on YouTube, you've got Beaker singing Old to Joy with himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like he's got like, it's, it's all split screen. Or you've got like Gonzo and the chick, Gonzo rehearsing with the chickens. But they have it all split screen as in they recorded it and then overdubbed themselves. But actually then they start fighting with each other and like walking between the frames. That's awesome. And then at the end of it, Stadler and Waldorf are like at the computer saying, That was terrible! Play it again! <laughs> I want to see oh, this movie now and that's and that was at the end of the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody thing they did a while ago yeah, yeah, you know if it's back and Kermit and Skeeter are there he's like we can't do these web conferences Scooter. anymore Scooter we can't do these web conferences anymore Skeeter was a sister they only invented for the Muppet Babies <laughs> the Muppet Babies <laughs> oh, God, I, want you, I want to see a Muppet movie now <laughs> now I want to see I want to, I want to see Ralph and fucking Animal and fucking Chef what is that yeah. <laughs> Gonzo Gonzo the reporter <laughs> the Gon- in the fucking the great Muppet caper that was awesome Charles Grodin Charles, Charles, Charles Grodin in a Muppet movie what's the, what can go wrong <laughs> That's, and that, actually that is one thing they have to nail for this new movie what's that the tone like just getting the casting right and having cameos right it, it can't be like what was it they got Piper Bravo for uh, Rocky and Bill Winkle and Robert De Niro that's the mix you don't want to see yeah 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 yeah. Um, you gotta have fucking Brad fucking Pitt uh, Robert Downey Jr John Favreau <laughs> Vince Vaughn you know, you gotta get you know, you gotta have ben Michael Bay in there. It's like a Sam crazy. Worthington. <laughs> Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington is Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's that should kick off a new segment we have, which is like Sam Worthington's in fucking everything as we've just listed off there from Merrimack. So email us in what you think uh Sam Worthington should turn up next. I think he should play next he should play Homer Simpson and uh, Mary Mother of Christ. <laughs> or Meryl Street biopic. <laughs> Sam Worthington as Meryl Streep. No, I think that uh, Sam Worthington should take the lead role in a remake of Roots. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Worthington He's is LeVar. No, they, they can do it. They can do the, the, the whole meta thing. It's like, dude, Sam Worthington is LeVar Burton in Roots. <laughs> if they can be behind the scenes, what went on? What really went on behind the scenes? It's like, Roots. what makes you think Sam Worthington can play this role? It's like, dude, motherfucker can play a blue alien. He can play a black man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, Sam Worthington. They as- stole me from Africa, mate. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hell. <laughs> oh God. So yeah, Sam Worthington as the Moor in Othello. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sam Worthington's like his his thing is like, what, what do you want to do from now on? Right, I want to play black roles, mate. <laughs> 
because <laughs> Sam Worthington is Marmaduke because I, I was having because I was having a few beers with some mates and we were talking about it and then I thought oh that's a good idea man uh, <laughs> it, would be, it would be perfect to play Russell Crowe in a biopic <laughs> it would or like a Hashem biopic or something. <laughs> if they ever make a Hashem biopic they gotta have fucking Sam Worthington far too in-jokey yeah yeah Emails, <laughs> reviews. That's too specific. Yeah. <laughs> that is not B-roll. Yeah. Okay, moving on to reviews. Yeah. Oh shit, that's wrong. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> I'm I'm reviewing uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Uh, this movie got a lot of flack when it was announced mm-hmm. because it was um, generally remaking a classic. Yeah, it's like you're remaking a classic. The uh, original uh, Bad Lieutenant movie came out in the early '90s. It was directed by Abel Ferreira, mm-hmm. um, who also directed King of New York. Uh, Which is awesome. I, I have actually seen that. That is an awesome movie. He also directed um, uh, Driller Killer, uh, which, <laughs> which is also an awesome movie. That was one of the video nasties, wasn't it, in the 80s? He also directed a remake of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one with... Um, uh, was it Gabriel Anwar was in that? I think it might have been. Eric Mabius. Eric Mabius, the guy from uh, Ugly Betty, he was in it. And Donald Sutherland. Oh, that Donald Sutherland one. That's what yeah. you're sure? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's that what the helicopter at the end? Because yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a remake after that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, then I'm not too sure. Yeah. Not too sure, but Abel Ferrer directed one. Uh, he also directed um, one of the uh, um, bad movies that Madonna... One of the many bad movies that Madonna appeared in called uh, Body of Evidence. I mean, yeah. no, no, not Body of Evidence. Um, shit. Uh, Dangerous Game. Oh, yeah. He's got a Jekyll and Hyde movie in production as well. Yes, yes, he does. Um, not, is this the one with um, fucking Forrest Whitaker? I think it might be. Anyway, uh, that movie. Forrest Whitaker and Fifty Cent. <laughs> no, the uh, the original. He directed two episodes of Miami Vice. Well, dude, you got to make money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, needs a new pair he says himself on the uh, on the on the DVD commentary for King of New York that the only reason he's doing this is because they gave him three grand. <laughs> so I mean, like, <laughs> it's like okay, promising start. But the original Bad Lieutenant was. I mean, like, if it, if it didn't gross you... If it didn't disgust you... Yes, it's, the Forrest Whitaker with the same one. Yeah, um, I mean, if... Meg Tilly. Meg Tilly, it's that's the right. Meg Tilly version, not the... Um, Gabrielle Anwar, correct, but it's not... It wasn't... Or the Ermi. Uh, but no, it's not the um, Donald Sutherland. That's the one before this one. Yeah, and Eric Mavis was in the, uh, the Donald Sutherland one. Yeah. Donald Sutherland is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you weren't uh, sort of completely repelled and disgusted by the original... Then chances are you 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 were pretty much like me and I mean I was just, I mean it was horrible deranged it was it was a it was a deranged movie but it was I mean it just hit the lowest depths of human depravity <laughs> um, and Harvey Keitel played the bad lieutenant and yeah. uh, his character was essentially just exactly that he was a lieutenant in the police in, in the police force and he was completely fucked on drugs and he just had no morals whatsoever mm-hmm. and he's in the middle of uh, investigating a crime the original was a rape uh, of a nun. Um, and um, in this one, yeah, it was a gang. It was a gangbang. I like this, uh, this, this poor nun. Uh, and they show it, and that sucks. Uh, but in Jesus. this new one, this new one, uh, he's also investigating a crime. But uh, that, you know, it's. I'll, I'll talk about the whole about this whole thing about being a remake in, in a little bit. Let me just talk a little bit about the story. Um, it stars Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicolas Cage's character is uh, Terrence McDonough. And uh, the movie starts up with uh, just after Hurricane Katrina. Oh, really? And um, you get introduced to uh, Nicolas Cage's character and uh, his and his uh, other uh, colleague, played by Val Kilmer, who I'll get to in a little bit later as well. And uh, they're basically going to clean out this other cop's locker because you know, this, this cop has asked them to do them a favor. And uh, you know, Nicolas Cage is like saying he's probably he's got, got dead or no. 
fired. No, he's just like don't know where he is. He's oh. just he's just like a fucking flake, and Nicolas Cage can't stand him. All right. And so like Nicholas Cage, like saying he's probably got pictures of his, you know, probably got probably got dirty pictures of his wife in there. And they go in there and it's like, oh shit, he does have pictures of his dirty, he does have dirty pictures of his wife in there. Not, not dirty pictures of his dirty wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> clean pictures of his dirty wife. <laughs> um, and they're also going to uh, uh, get that they find that he that this cop has left a prisoner in there. And the, the in water, the locker in in the in the in the, in the, in the cell. Oh. And uh, the water's rising. So Nicolas Cage goes in to help him. I'm in the process. Damages his back. How's the water? How's the water, Mama? Three feet high and rising. <laughs> they don't play that over the top. No. 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 Uh, so, but Nicolas Cage, like in an attempt to sort of uh, save this guy, which he does, fucking hurts his back and has to go on medication because uh, he's going to have back trouble for the rest of his life. Fuck. And uh, so One good deed is another. Yeah. So he's so they put him on Vicodin. And so, like six months later, he turns into the house. <laughs> yeah. And so, six months later, and, and, this, and this happens, uh, and this is what uh, sort of uh, gets him. He's not a lieutenant at the beginning, and uh, after this whole thing, he gets uh, promoted to lieutenant. And then six months later, the movie starts, and six months later, he's looked at all kinds of fucking drugs. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a gateway drug. Yeah, but basically, like he's in a lot of pain, and that's one way in which this movie is it, you know is very different from uh-huh. the original. Um, Harvey Keitel was a douche Yeah, Harvey Keitel from the beginning He's just fucked But again, I'll, I'll get to that uh, a little later And so uh, So the story The basic storyline is I mean, really There's even not that much of a story The movie is just an excuse For crazy shit to happen <laughs> You know, but there is a story That sort of That, that, you, t- that you follow the characters through And basically there is A gang-style execution Of an African family Who uh, have muscled in like uh, the, the the guy was dealing heroin, mm-hmm. and it muscled in on someone else's turf. This guy called Big Fate, who's played by uh, uh, Exhibit. Um, X to the Z Exhibit. X to the Z. Well, I don't. I can't pronounce these facts. <laughs> Elvin Roner. He's a drug dealer. He's he's the drug dealer. Yeah, we know you like drugs in your car, so we put drugs in your car. <laughs> uh, and really, that's that's just it. And so, like Nicholas Cage is doing is doing the investigation, and uh, there's this. Uh, sort of delivery boy from a grocery store that that was a wi- that was a witness, and he's got to take care of this guy because he's got to testify. And in addition to that, when and that that's pr- primarily it. And like Nicholas Cage ends up uh, going sort of um, on I his on his own, going undercover uh-huh. with um, exhibit 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 whatever. <laughs> say it right, dude. I Ex- can't say it right. Exhibit Z exhibit exhibit Z exhibit. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, great. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, th- that, that is essentially the story, is that, that he's trying to solve this case. Yeah. But he's already on drugs, he's already fucked in the head. So it's the ludicrous ways in which he has to control it as he's uh, sort of navigating his way through this investigation. But ludicrous isn't in it, exhibits in it. Yes. Okay. Ludicrous is not in it. Um, <laughs> L to the L. Yes. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage does not drink iced tea. <laughs> he, doesn't, oh, he, did. he doesn't take his drinks with ice cubes. He doesn't <laughs> It's just exhibit. He's the only one in it. Yes, just him. Is this coming? But that's really much. That's pretty much all you really need to know about the story. Uh-huh. Um, what What I think is uh, interesting is like for those of you who are, for those of you who don't know the original, go watch this movie. This movie is is very good. Yeah. It's a very good movie. For those of you who are fans of the original and have. Um, Sort of like uh, giving this movie the middle finger because you love the original so much. I would say still go and see this movie. It's not a remake. Yeah. It's I have no idea why, why they, they kept, kept the title. Why mm. they kept the title? Not only not only keeping the title, but adding to it. 
you know, like in a horrible fucking and, mangled fashion, and, and making it such a fucking difficult title to sell. Yeah, who the fuck is gonna? Say, I mean, like, you, you're not gonna get a 17 year old. It's like, like, come on, guys, let's go see Bad Lieutenant Port Port of Port of, uh, port of what? Where is it? What? Oh, port? Oh, oh, fuck it. Let's watch Transformers. <laughs> fuck it's it. Like, it. It's Bad Lieutenant Colon. Port of Call. <laughs> I know. Port- Come out. Bad New Lieutenant New Orleans. Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. I mean, but this colon some come. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like I don't understand. You know, it's uh, <laughs> New Orleans cop would have worked. Uh, I would still. I mean, I would still say go see this movie. I mean, uh, or rent this movie because it is worth watching. Oh. Uh, you know, it's like this movie is not a remake. You, I, I suppose you might, you could call it a reimagining, but even then, it's, you're a douche. It's not. Yeah, it's not really that accurate. Yep. You know, it's. Uh, it's I have no idea why that why they kept the title. The only link is he's a lieutenant. You know, I mean, and it, he's kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it was because to me, it's like when you remake certain movies, no matter whether the remake is a good idea or a bad idea, having that title helps. Yeah. Because it's like okay, like you're remaking the day the Earth stood still. The old, you know, people who are like day the Earth stood still. Oh shit, because they have all those things. You know, you know, it's like uh, you're you're remaking um, fucking Psycho. It's like oh fuck Psycho. You know, so it's yeah. like you have that brand recognition. You're making Bad Lieutenant, huh? Yeah, but you remake Bad Lieutenant for those who uh, for, for those people who are fans of the remake. That, that's a, that's a movie that you, nobody wants to see remade. Yeah. So it's like by keeping the title, you're actually going to turn people off. So I have no idea why they fucking kept the title. The only thing that the two films have in common is that they center around a morally corrupt cop with a drug habit. Right. And that in both films they're directing a crime. But well, Abel Ferrara didn't direct this one. No, no, no. Um, we're in a Herzog. We're in a Herzog, yeah. We're in a Herzog. And that's why it has the same name because he is batshit insane. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a Herzog is batshit insane. I want to remake Bad Lieutenant. Why? Just do. Just fucked up. But you know, but one thing about this movie, and I'll, uh, I'm going to get, in, I'm getting to that, is that okay? They're, they're both they both center around a, you know, like they're both, both characters in the middle invest, of investigating a crime. But when you're when you're telling a, any story that involves a cop, what? F- all those movies have an, inve- an investigation going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. There's always something the cop's working on. So it's like, yeah, you could say that they're it's the same as the original, but it's every fucking cop movie that has that. Yeah. You know, but there's cops in it. But you, you know, do their job investigating. Where I mean, but uh, Abel Ferreira's version, you know, it was very raw, um, but it was also uh, played very real. Mm. You know, it was played very fucking real. So and as a result, it was much harder to watch. You know, whereas uh, Her- Herzog's version is a bit more stylized. It's more surreal. And it's uh, you know, and it has, and so it has a completely different tone. Uh, it's it has a very fun, trippy, surreal sense of humor about itself, and it, it really embraces those big, crazy moments. Yeah, you know, as, as only Nicolas Cage can do. <laughs> and in that regard, it makes it way more accessible. You know, um, and also much more. You know, as a result, much more commercial. Cool. You know, I mean, it is easily the most commercial movie and ex- most accessibly commercial movie that Warner Herzog has ever done. Uh, <laughs> and and th- those iguana bits from the trailer. Yeah. Okay, they're, they're genius. Really. The whole. The it, whole it's fun. Is it funny? Because the trailer looks like it's funny. It is funny. It is funny. I mean, this there's a lot of humor in this movie, and I mean, and the humor comes from a lot of different places. The humor comes from, um, you know, dialogue. The humor comes from the situation. The fact that if you've ever been fucked up in your life, you can't imagine what this guy is going through. This, yeah. You know, like uh, the the situation that he, the situations that he puts himself in, being fucked up, and 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 that's what's really cool about Nicolas Cage's performance. And Nicolas Cage is great in this. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is Vampire's Kiss, Nicolas Cage. Nice. You know, I mean, uh, there, there's one scene in there, and the scene involving the iguanas, where it reminded me, uh, I got Vampire's Kiss flashbacks of um, where he eats that cockroach. You know, it's like this whole thing with the iguanas. 
uh, <laughs> just something that he does. And you know that that's also classic Werner Herzog type shit. Yeah. You know, the way that that whole thing is shot, that whole iguana sequence is just, it's like, yeah, a crazy motherfucker shot this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also the perfect blend of director and actor. The, the, this is a, an actor-director team that I'd like to see do Because Werner Herzog's batshit insane. Nick Cage is batshit insane. insane. Yeah. And it, he, 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 he's got it for Pachinko. They... they, they <laughs> Pachinko no. <laughs> Google Nicolas Cage Pachinko You won't be Disappointed No you won't It's It's better than Most of his movies <laughs> But uh, He's got the fever No but Nicolas Cage It's One thing I do like About this guy Is that when it comes To controlled mania Yeah Nobody does it Like Nicolas Cage Yeah yeah Nicolas Cage is just like When it comes to This kind of shit He's fearless He doesn't give up Fuck, and there are certain things that he does that it's like. What, what, you know, I've, I've heard a, a couple of Nicolas Cage commentaries, and he talks quite frankly about the acting process. So, having done that, you know, you watch this movie. There's a couple of places like, yeah, that's a that, that, that's a Nicolas Cage little actor. One of the countries would you recommend? Actually, the I'm, Rock. The Rock. The, be- the best one is The Rock. Yeah. The Rock is just an awesome commentary. You got Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris. Fucking awesome. You know, and uh, and um, Harry Humphreys, the uh, the uh, military advisor. Um, and the, guy, the one who trained all these fuckers. And uh, one thing about all, one thing about these guys, especially like Michael Bay, is like he's very anecdotal. He's got like shitloads of stories. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen his Transformers commentary in your house numerous times. And uh, unfortunately, they're not all in the same room, which yeah. sucks. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. But it's still a good commentary track. And Nicolas Cage is frightfully honest about the way he he picks his acting stuff, like how he chooses stuff. Yeah. It's like he explains how why Stanley Goodspeed's character is a music fan. That wasn't in the original script. It was. It, it got in there because well, I was reading the script, and you know, it's in there in this part where he shoots this guy with the rocket, and he's like, "Have you heard that Elton John song, The Rocket Man?" And I figure for Stanley Goodspeed to know about this, he's got to be a music fan. And that's why he's and, playing and, the guitar in his that, underwear. And that's something. Or he's naked. You know, he's in his underwear. Yeah. And it's like and that's something that we need. That I felt that I needed to establish. It needs to be a through line. And the whole thing with him being in his underwear, right? M- Michael Bear's like, "What the fuck?" Okay, let's just get let's just get the big body shot out of the way. Nick's been to the gym. <laughs> let's just get it out of the way, right? Uh, and Nicolas Cage is like, in his defense, he was like saying, "Well, the way I saw it is that I only had a certain amount of time to show that Stanley Goodspeed was at home." <laughs> so I just and, what do you do when you're at home? You sit around your underwear, play guitar. But like, there's this thing like watching Bad Lieutenant when he's like looking at this uh, parole sheet of this character. He's like, probably no, what, no, what's this guy's name? Chavez. <laughs> it's just the way that he says Chavez. <laughs> it's like total Nicholas. And there's this guy like there's this uh, guy that we never that, that we keep hearing about. Uh, and his name's like uh, his street name is Little G. And every time Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage says it, he laughs after. <laughs> it's like, and, and he has someone who says, "So look, we talked to your friend Little G." <laughs> you, know, you know, like that. Like, what a ridiculous name. <laughs> but you know, and it's like when it's the, that's just it. When Nicholas Cage is the perfect actor for, for this movie because he completely embraces that universe, yeah, where everything just exists. It's a very heightened sense of realism. You know that gives it a very surreal quality. That's that, that's uh, that's very cool. But like, coming back to him, like what I liked about him, when it comes to controlled mania is that the parts in the trailer show you all of his freaking outfits. She was so he still lands him. Yeah, which is a fucking funny bit. Yeah, but it's when um, it's for me like the parts that, that I remember actually are the bits where he's not necessarily freaking out because he's always high. Yeah. So for all the bits when he's not freaking out, he's got a control it yeah, yeah. and to watch him sort of try and control it yeah that, watching like that those that acting bits really impressed me is that it, it's is that he knows how to fucking because it, it does look over the top 
but it's very controlled and he's not it's, he's actually very still during yeah. some of these bits it's like when he's not freaking out entirely it's like he's got this weird hunch and his back's all fucked up and everything um, but the biggest difference for me was um, is just uh, aside from like how, how accessible this is is, is that um, the character is way more likable than Harvey Keitel oh really well because he was a good cop to begin with he got, you know, so, and, and you don't have that. In that fr- kind fucks you up. Yeah, you know, it's like he was, you know, before he goes on drugs, the doctor gives him Vicodin. He's like, let me know whenever you need more. You're going to be experiencing severe back pain for the rest of your life. Fuck. Be- and, and because you decided to do a good deed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, from that point on, you're already slightly sympathetic towards him. And he doesn't really do anything as fucked up as Harvey, as Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel did some fucked up shit. You know, I mean, like that whole thing, like, you know, you ever suck a guy's cock when he stops the curve, when he, when he, when he pulls the chicks over? And like, you know, I mean, if you haven't seen the original, go see it. It's a great companion piece. But I would say, like, this is a nice companion piece. It's not a remake. It's not a reimagining. You know, this movie could have had a different title and nobody would have noticed. So it's like, it's really weird in that sense. But it's got a very solid cast. Very solid cast. Eva Mendes. Yep. Uh, Eva Mendes turns up as his girlfriend. I have no issues with her. I've been a fan ever since Stuck on You. Has X to the Z. He's good. He's good, is he? He's good. He's good. I mean, like... I uh, love them in uh, Escape from Butcher Bay. <laughs> the, 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 pitch black, <laughs> the pitch black video game. I got to shoot him in the face. And the back of the, <laughs> and the, back of the head. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> it's good. I, I didn't mind him in this. I mean, like, sometimes it's just like a sort of a cliche now. Every time you hear a rapper's name in the cast, you groan. Yeah. You know, but uh, I didn't mind him in this. Yo, this is ludicrous and gamer. Uh, he very convincingly smokes crack. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, is he... Where, where did he... Is he a method actor? <laughs> uh, and the lucky crack pipe is awesome. <laughs> the lucky crack pipe. That, I mean, like, if you've seen the trailer, you'll know about this. Nicolas Cage has a lucky crack pipe. And it really does turn out to be a lucky crack pipe. <laughs> it doesn't get shot and stops a ball. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. A crack pipe could not stop a ball. <laughs> Otherwise, there'll be a lot more minorities walking the street. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, Casual Val- racism incident, North 47. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's back. Always nice to see Iceman. Is he always he's playing Iceman or is he, he's good in this? He's, he's good in this, but to be to be honest, he doesn't really have that big of a role. More Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, less the Love Guru. Um, actually, no. I mean, he had more of a role in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Okay. I mean, like uh, his his character in this could be essentially be played by Michael Bean any day of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, or Jeff Fahey, <laughs> or Michael Ironside, <laughs> or Mark Singer. Take, take your pick. Um, uh, but he's he is good in this. I mean, he doesn't have to do much, but what he has to do, he does fine. And it's nice to see Val Kilmer in a straight up acting role and just not making an ass of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fizura Balk is in it from uh, from the Fruza. Uh from with Fi, 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 Sorry, the girl. Yeah, Fruza. Uh the craft. Yeah, Fruza yeah. Balk. Yep. Yeah. She won it. Faruza? Is that how you spell it? Faruza. Faruza? I thought no. it was Faizura. No, it's Faizura. Well, I come from Asia. We spe- <laughs> She's fucking American. If you, if you met this chick here, you'd call her Faizura. Okay? I'd say, stay the fuck away, you crazy bitch. That's what I'd call her. She still looks crazy. <laughs> she's playing a crazy bitch in this. No, she's not playing a crazy bitch, yeah. but she still looks crazy. She still has a massive mouth, and she's still hot. <laughs> Those things are not related in any way. Brad Dourif. <laughs> oh, really, Brad? Brad Dourif turns up. He's uh, Nicholas Cage's bookie. <laughs> he's awesome. He's always cool. Vondi Curtis Hall uh, from ER. Huh? Uh, he was. <laughs> Who that? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, he also directed uh, the one of the last movies that I think the last movie that Tupac Shakur was in, Gridlocked. 
Who, who's he in New York? Uh, I don't know. I don't watch New York. I just is he know black? He's, is he white? He's black. Okay. Vonnie Curtis Hall. Yeah, he's white. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's, no, he's black. Michael something he, Hall. He was, uh, Michael he was, Duncan Hall is white. He was the chief of police in um, Romeo and Juliet. And the guy in the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Stifler. He wasn't in New York. Wasn't he? No. Oh, no, no. That was... Um, that was that other guy. The guy who does that at the beginning. That was that other guy with three names. What's his name? <laughs> Fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, no, no. The Jackie Early Haley. Black dude. I don't know. The soul, gl- the soul glow prince from fucking Coming to America. Eric, Eric something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. Yeah. Eric Lasalle. Yes. Eric Lasalle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That, that's what I he does that. In the, he does. Uh, I'm, I'm doing his bit from the opening of ER when he was in it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Bondi. Sorry, Eric. Sorry. Stupid mistake, but I, but I, but I cut it in the end. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, Stifler's mom, she's in it. She plays um, uh, uh, Nicholas Cage's dad's um, uh, wife, and she's an alcoholic. Well, well, she's not <laughs> complaining against type. She's a, she's a beeraholic. She only drinks beer. Nice. She only drinks beer, but she's constantly drunk on beer, and she's playing against type. She doesn't play anything like the Stifler's mom character. Oh, right. It's a uh, it's a rare dramatic performance, and she does it really well. Uh, Nicholas Cage's dad is played by Tom Bauer, mm. um, who's done shitloads of stuff. But every time I think of him, the only thing that comes to mind he was uh, Nixon's dad in Nixon. <laughs> He's been in shitloads of stuff. Okay. Oh, no. And he was also in the Laramie Project. Yeah, he was the, the Catholic priest who doesn't mind lesbianism. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> so, good movie, then. It's a good movie. I recommend this movie highly. You're going to Kimball. So, good movie, then. <laughs> yes, very good movie. Cool. This week, I watched Sukiyaki Western, colon, Django. D-J-A-N-G-O. This is the Western directed by Takashi Miike, right? Yeah, I knew there was a reason why I got this. I couldn't remember what it was until afterwards. I did the research that was Takashi Miike. I mean... Um, Ichi the Killer? Uh, audition? Audition was the one. Oh, yeah, Audition. He also uh, did uh, Visitor Q. That was fucked up. That was fucked up. I couldn't up. get through that. I, uh, actually, actually that, was one of those, that was one of the few movies that said, you know what? Sleep is better. <laughs> no, that I mean, for those of you who haven't seen Visitor Q, actually, I recommend you watch it because you will probably never see a movie that fucked up ever yeah. again. Have you seen the one about the house where the dad turns into a mouse? Some French movie. Um, new. No. It's awesome. But anyway, <laughs> so apparently, um, it's in English, but it's the cast is ninety percent Japanese. That ten percent being. Quentin fucking Tarantino and that's what got me into this I, mean, I remember seeing the trailer for this I was like what the fuck uh-huh. and uh, it also has some of the coolest like it's it's a very weird milieu mise-en-scene that they create um, it looks like the old west but you've got like Japanese style houses uh-huh. and there's a gold rush on and everyone's everyone's it, 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 everyone's in western gear but it's still and they're speaking English but it's still um, very Japanese <laughs> like they have houses that are you know the very they, they look like Japanese houses Every, all the locals are, China, are Japanese they're all like peasants and shit you know what I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they all wear that kind of stuff that you would see in a samurai movie mm-hmm. apart from some of the main characters who are all fucking cowboy up and shit they're wearing, they're wearing you know, they've, got, they, they've got six shooters they're wearing cowboy hats they're rocking through I'm sure a lot of these characters these actors again I didn't see what movies were but um <laughs> Jesus behind the curtain <laughs> Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain who's not done his research. Um, 
a lot of these actors may be famous from Japanese movies, and I know I've seen a couple of them, but I, unfortunately I can't see which is which. But um, <laughs> Hidaki Ito, Kochi Sato, Yusuke Isaya, Masambo Ando, Takashi Shibasha, Shunoguri. Loads of Japanese fuckers are in this movie. It's great. But um, what it is is a Western with Kung Fu uh-huh. elements, mm-hmm. but maintaining the Western elements. And the trailer looked fucking awesome. Um, I, I, there's one point where a woman shoots an arrow out of the sky out of the, out, as it's heading towards her she shoots it out of the way and um, the main story is is this this gunman um, it, it's supposedly um, it's supposed to be kind of like it's not really a prequel but it's supposed to be related to Sergio Cabucci's spaghetti western film Django and it actually ends with saying such and such grew up to be Django mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what it is is that it's kind of also referencing um the, the, the historical rivalry between the Genji and Heike clans so mm-hmm. the reds and the whites right, yeah. and there's a whole lot of like allusions to is it Richard VI the Shakespeare play mm-hmm. Richard VI Richard, Richard III is one but it's Richard VI as well it's about the reds and the whites in England oh, I'm not too sure because the leader of the reds is reading Shakespeare about the reds and the whites we will win in an in a Asian accent yeah totally and that's one, one, that's one of the hard, hard parts I'll get to the plot but I'll get to that in a minute actually the, the Asian accent thing um so a good man comes to town and there's the reds and the whites have taken over this town and they're like kind of at a, a bit of a standoff they're not really fighting each other that much by looks like, but they, you know they fucking hate each other the reds hate the whites and um, there's something about a treasure but I couldn't understand because of the said Asian action speaking English I think I remember hearing about when they were making this movie they had to get a lot of the actors to just read it phonetically because they didn't speak English that's tricky because not every not every Asian actor can speak English as well as Jet Li and Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of it is grunted. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, Japanese... Where's the trailer? Oh, I'll spit the trailer. Well, Japanese is by nature quite a grunty language. Mm. I mean, it reminds me of this joke. How do you say motherfucker in Japanese? Motherfucker! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, the gunman comes to town and the reds and the whites are like, fuck you, motherfucker. And then... Uh, and then he uh, you know, he shows off a skills and like, if you join us... Don't you- do that when I'm in Haley. That is dangerous. <laughs> He's like, if you join us, we will give you half the treasure. I don't know where the treasure came from because I think that bit of dialogue was fucking treasure. <laughs> so I didn't quite get that. It's just one fucking racial thing after it. Hey, it's not racial. It's just I was fuck. I couldn't. I couldn't understand what we're saying. You know how many white people are gonna be pissed off at this review? That's something I noticed when something racist happens. It's like if something's like supposedly when you say something, you mean? You know, it's like you know, no, like you see things like like uh, this company's getting shit for being racist, yeah. and, and you see it's like an Asian thing. Yeah, it's like it's, ra- it's racist towards the Asian community, right. but it's all the white people getting pissed off. You hear? The, I mean, like uh, most of the time, like the Chinese people are probably just laughing their asses off. Hey, I have loads of Asian friends. Okay, <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the answer. Yeah, usually. yeah. It's like you know, I, I that I, doesn't mean dick shit. You're fucking privileged, and you're white. Look, I've got have, two thumbs. It's privileged. This look, guy right I'll here. have you know that I, I I had a beer with an Asian American gentleman last week, and I don't appreciate this. Yeah. <laughs> this is racist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we do not live near Wembley Stadium. It is actually about to rain. Yeah. So um, the gunman comes into the town, and he's just fucking around for a bit. And the both both guys, the both teams, want him to play for their side. And like the leader of the red, the reds and the whites is just like it's cannon fodder as part from the mains. Yeah. And there's an insane leader of the reds, and there's a fucking awesome looking kind of. The 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 the, the, the I only realized halfway through some of them are wearing actually bomber jackets. They have like literally stripes down the sleeves. They're wearing like bomber jackets that have been distressed to look like they were in the old west. Right. It's almost steampunk, but it's like cowboy chic. Cowboy Harajuku, what's it called? Street fashion, yeah. Harajuku cowboy. 
They're wearing all sorts of shit the cowboys wouldn't wear because you would trip over this crap. I'm one of the most unfashionable people I know. Don't, I know bother, don't, don't, don't bother asking me this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the gunman comes to town and it's playing on the man with no name. He has no name. He's the gunman. And then... You kind of you find out what's going on in this town, and why the reds and the whites are there. You know there was a gold rush, and this, there is gold somewhere, but no one knows what the fuck it is, and someone's protecting it. And there's a there's a girl who's hanging out with the whites because the poor reds they don't they no chicks in their house. But um, <laughs> is the girl hot? Yeah, and um, <laughs> they're all out of the treasure anyway. But they're also just trying to beat the shit out of each other, and they've killed half the fucking town. Like, most of the town is, is is either dead or ran away because of this shit. And so the gunman's kind of like he's the man with the no name. He's playing. It's what it's Last Man Standing, which is also based upon something else. What was Last Man Standing based upon? Where the cowboy comes to town and plays everyone else off each other. It was um, based on. It was a Kurosawa movie. Uh, like fuck. It wasn't Rashomon. It wasn't Rashomon. It wasn't Seven no. Samurai. But it's, it's an angel. It's an angel tale. Right. But uh, it's it's framed by this weird setup with Quentin Tarantino sitting there dressed as the man with no name cutting open a snake to get the egg out of it that it was just eating and Tarantino as a writer and director awesome Tarantino is an actor sometimes how is he well he starts off and he's talking normally and he's like he's, he's caught out by these guys he's you know he's that's joy he's been, been t- took into his taste of the egg is he from Dust Till Dawn Tarantino or is he uh, yes okay <laughs> <laughs> yes he's basically got two modes he's either Tarantino from, from Dust Till Dawn or he's Tarantino from Sleep With Me, or he's Tarantino from Destiny Turns On The Radio. Dustle Dawn. Dustle Dawn. Okay, so he's tolerable Tarantino. Yeah, well, just about. Just pushing it. Um, it is, I was, well, that's what got me into this movie, and that was like so weird. And he's like, he's got the egg, and he's standing there, and he's surrounded by three guys, and then he squeezes the egg so it flies into the air, and some of the other guys catches it, and then he shoots them all dead. And he's... You, you talk about casual racism, he lapses it. He's explaining well, what the bells... You hear the bells? You know what the bells mean? What do the bells mean? <laughs> the bells mean when the Genji and the Eiko. And he talks like that to a load of Japanese guys. And it's just, why is he doing that? When the bells chime, they, they, the kinds will fight. He starts doing badly overdubbed Asian Kung Fu movie. And, and they never explain it? No. They just do. He just does it, kills them all, and he's like, oh, get me some egg. That's awesome. <laughs> and that scene... There's a movie I want to reference in that I've been meaning to like review this and also dig it up if I can find a copy uh, called Tears of the Black Tiger. Did you ever hear this? Yes, I have heard of it. Have you seen it? No. It's a movie uh, made in 2000, a Thai movie. Yeah, and it, it's supposed. I, I have heard of this. It got a lot of press when it came out. Yeah. And it's supposed to be beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. And it, the, the scenes of this, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he's standing on a soundstage where there's a giant, like, it looks like Mount Fuji behind him, but it's actually, it, it's a cardboard fucking cutout. Mm-hmm. At one point, I think you can see the, the, the rope holding the sun up. The sun is a yard, large yellow disc. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the movie doesn't look at like that. This is this, this 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 little prologue scene just looks like that. Tears of the Black Tiger is fucking awesome because the bad guy in that he has that little kind of bad guy tash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it zooms in, you realize it's actually two pieces of black paper stuck onto his face. Actually, I, I gotta pick that movie up. I was think I I, I I remember when that movie came out. I really wanted to see it. And I don't know why I didn't. Because it's Thai. It's, it's set in Thailand. They're speaking Thai, but everyone's a cowboy, and they use all the tropes of the Western movie, and, and very similar in style to this. But like, that one goes even. Further, think, it looks like it's filmed in Technicolor Tears of Black Tiger. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, I was I think I was in university when that movie came out. Yeah, I saw it in the Irish Film Center. It yeah, was yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. only a limited release. So um, what you get is a lot of kind of it's a, it has that kind of Sergio Leone kind of hanging around a lot of the time and just being you know the man with no name and seeing what's 
going on, but also like you know he kind of hooking up with the chick, and the chick was a white. She was from the whites, and she was hanging out with a guy who you later find out was the son of Quentin Tarantino. And this chick lives in town, and she's kind of fucking awesome. They call her Bullet Bento. I don't know whether that's a relation to Bento box, but like, I don't know. Like the rice, the yeah, rice yeah, I don't know. She's <laughs> like you get a box full of bullets. I don't know, but she was kick ass, and now she well, might be. She's called upon to be kick ass again, and she's the one who shoots the arrow out of the air. What's, it, what's, she, what's she called again? Bullet Bento. Bullet Bento? A Benke, I think it is. I'm going to name my daughter then. <laughs> Bullet Bento, yeah. Yeah. T- tell me that chick is not going to get a date with yeah. that name. Actually, no, she might not. <laughs> and then halfway, halfway through the movie, uh, Quentin Tarantino turns up again in a mechanical wheelchair because obviously it's the West. There's no fucking, you know, uh, remote control wheelchairs. And he's just in massively old age makeup and he starts launching into the fucking Japanese again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, you know the leader of the whites he's got this massive kind of like Asian fro mm-hmm. and like a feather hanging down he's got a sword and he just goes around fucking around that and looking awesome there's a, there's a hell of a lot of awesome in this but it's interspersed with just long scenes of bullshit and nothing happening right it, need, it needed to be if it was going to go that route it should have gone the whole Which, way but, but actually that's also uh, quite common for Takashi Miike movies yeah is that um, I mean like he's I, I like his movies, but uh, his movies are by no means perfect. Yeah, you know, it's, and I think that you you tend to remember his movies because there's so much awesomeness in it. But as a as a piece of storytelling, it you do wonder sometimes what the fuck is this guy trying to say? Mm. You know what I mean? Like Visitor Q, perfect example. What the fuck is what the fuck is that movie? <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see the end. <laughs> you know, it is the cinematic equivalent of what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, even like Itchy the Killer. Itchy the Killer had genius bits in it. Yeah. Like really insane bits. But when you watch the whole movie, there are some parts where it's like, do we really need this shit? This movie has a, a cowboy shooting at a guy with a samurai sword, and he deflects the bullet with the the blade, and the bullet travels up the blade. You see it traveling through, like, up, as it hits the bolt, as it hits the blade, it splits, and you see it traveling up the blade as it's deflected, and that's fucking awesome. But it's let down by all this shit going on in the background, and like, there's, a, uh, there's some horrible shit happens. This poor little kid in it, and he doesn't fucking talk, and you're like, who's the main character? Who am I rooting for? Because the guy in white is fucking awesome. The leader of the Reds is insane. He, the, the white guy's got to get their secret weapon, which is a shitload of dynamite and a Gatling gun. And mm-hmm. there's a cop in it who's playing Gollum. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he's the sheriff of the town and he's one of the few people left. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's torn between the whites and the reds. And he's mm-hmm. talking to himself like just out of nowhere. <laughs> we go this way. No, 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 no. We're not going that way. We are going this way. And it's like that. And it's like, oh, no, no, I will not. I will not go that way. No, you will go this way. <laughs> and it's again all like that. And so half the plot is just missed. I didn't. I didn't even know whether when they brought the treasure, I was like, oh, that's what they were talking about earlier because I caught the word treasure. Mm-hmm. That, but because they were splitting the treasure up, but they never explained where the treasure had come from. And they say treasure like treasure, treasure, treasure. You'll get half. <laughs> we'll give you a half. We'll give you two. <laughs> we'll give you seven eight. You are awesome, <laughs> father of children. But you know, because he's like, you know, it's like there's a lot of like quick draw McGraw shit going on there, and like, and like you know, the, the gun man he wears brown. That's how you don't know. That's how you know he's not affiliated. And there is there's a lot of cool scenes. It looks like uh, what's that Irish guy who works with Japanese characters a lot. Um, <laughs> he didn't uh, the directors a lot he uh, Irish what the Irish fuck? English guy no he didn't like he, well, I think it was like the House of Hidden Daggers he might have been the cinematographer on it oh uh, no I, I, I yeah I know who you're talking about yeah no, he did Hero as well yes yeah um, it has that kind of style to end like at the, at the end because he's facing off against the, the guy in white like it snows for no reason and all of a sudden it's three feet deep or two feet deep and it's like this is classy one of the characters actually says this 
Like, it's just our... Uh, they just say weird Western things, but in that weird pronunciation that they have. So I can't really recommend it, but it's, it's good for the spectacle. Um, if you could skip over the other bits. But it's, it's just odd as well. I have, there's another movie like this, I think, called uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, yeah, Japanese... That, I thought Good, The Bad, and The Weird is Korean. Is it Korean? But it's, again, Japanese... Or, it's Asian Western... It's just a weird yeah, little yeah, subgenre yeah, yeah, that's yeah, invented yeah. itself. Yeah, but I, I, have a, I have a funny feeling that um, that uh, fucking uh, that movie is Korean. Well, it looks. I mean, it looks beautiful, and there's a whole there's a whole thing in it. There's a whole, loads of scenes in a cemetery which look fantastic. The cemetery looks like it's designed by Tim Burton. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it's no, like it's, no, but visually it's it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. But again, the story lets it down a bit, so I can't really give it a good recommendation. Good to watch if you've got nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. Something else I uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Uh, something else I just want to mention really, really quick. Uh, I saw this movie this this movie recently. It's a documentary called. Um, uh, it's oh Christopher Doyle is the guy you're talking Christopher about. Doyle. Christopher Doyle, uh, the cinematographer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I saw this documentary about called Not Quite Hollywood, and yep. it's about the uh, Australian exploitation uh, film industry mm-hmm. uh, that boomed over the '60s and '70s and '80s. And is large and I had heard of it. And you could you could I mean the trailer was on Apple for a while, and you could say that this was also the, the period that um, you know like um, uh, inspired movies like uh, Rogue and you know like uh, Mad Max definitely came out of that era. Uh, I won't say too much about it. All I will say is that it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Check the, check out this documentary. It's uh, called Not Quite Hollywood. It's insane what these people did. Is Paul Hogan in it? No, Paul Hogan's not in it. Uh, I mean, you won't find many sort of like it's. It's uh, it's you no know, because it is sort of one of these like it's not Peter Weir, <laughs> yeah. You know we're talking about the Australian exploitation movie industry and ex- and, cr- and Australians are crazy motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so, as we've gone into yeah, the yeah. Time. So so I mean if you can imagine how crazy their exploitation mo- film industry was, it actually is even more crazy than that. <laughs> I mean the shit that these people did. Uh, I mean what like it was it was insane. I, I mean there I've got a whole list of movies now that I want to go in next. You know that I want to fucking hunt down and watch because yeah. they look just insane. These like, uh, you know, like the one that sticks out is the Long Weekend. Like they're talking about this movie where um, this Aussie couple go out on a holiday and they're just bitching to each other throughout the entire thing, and and they're just a loaf. They're just loathsome people. Yeah. You know, and, and they start like. How's the expectation? You know, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, and they, you know, they they go on holiday and they're just like terrible people, and they just uh, fucking start chopping down trees and shit. You know, and it's like how how, how nature fights back. I mean, <laughs> you know, it. I mean, I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just came up like uh, it was one of the movies that sort of caught my eye while watching this. I mean, there are so many movies. Uh, you know, Patrick. That's another one. Uh, that that uh, just uh, watching this, I'm like, I have to hunt that, hunt these movies down. Oh. They did like a, a part three of The Howling. All right. And they redid it as a black comedy, and it was just like what I saw, like the footage I saw, just looks insane. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, check out this documentary. It is really funny. It's really informative if you're if you're a film buff because I would imagine that the movies that they talk about here, most of you probably have never even heard of these some of these movies, right. and they all look ridiculously entertaining. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's just like really, really great fun. I highly recommend this. Cool. Okay. So that brings the end of our little show for this week. And as per usual, we're going to close off with. The box office top ten in Malaysia. Number ten, Old Dogs. <laughs> Number nine, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Number eight, Haunted Universities. What the fuck? Um, I believe this is a Thai movie. Really? Thai movie or it's it's an Asian film. Okay. Uh, number seven is Ariati Orovani. 
Number six, Tiger. Woohoo! It's not a story about Tiger Woods' mistresses. No. Number five, Avatar. In 3D. Number four, The Spy Next Door. Jackie Chan, you should be ashamed of yourself. Number three, Tooth Fairy. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you should be ashamed of yourself. And Billy Crystal should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, Adnan Sampit. And number Every, one... Everybody should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> number one, Legion. Nice. So, the US box office. Number ten, The Spy Next Door. Number nine, It's Complicated. Number eight, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakle. Jason Lee should be ashamed Same of himself. himself. Number seven, Extraordinary Measures. Harrison Ford, Ford should, should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> number six, Sherlock Holmes. Number five, Lovely Bones. Good, okay. Considering it's got a bit of a mauling. Yep. Uh, number four, Tooth Fairy. I really thought that was out before now. Well, I mean, The Lovely Bones has been out for quite a long time. Yeah, but I thought, the book of, I thought Tooth Fairy was out before now. Mm. Number three, The Book of Eli. Yeah, Denzel Washington kicks ass in the post-apocalyptic world. Number two, Legion. And at number one, still, hanging in there, six weeks on release, it's Avatar. Avatar. Although, it, did, it, oh, did it drop, actually? It, yeah, no, it's, it's been dropping steadily, uh, but it uh, hasn't been dropping enough to drop the number two. Yeah. So, thanks for listening, and we'll join you same time next week, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have some clips. I'm, I'm doing that I'm doing that this week. Am I? Yeah, well, you, it's on your page. Oh, yeah, it's on my page. Again. Anyway, as usual, we're going to be leaving you with a, a little clip. This is uh, some audio from a very famous scene from the classic movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you haven't seen it, you're clearly an asshole. Yeah. Get out from on your rock. And go watch this movie now. So this is Cameron Freaks Out in His Car. Enjoy.